Salutations, listeners. This is Sir Fisty McRopes the Third, and uh, and this is also episode eighty-five of the SoCo Show. I'm joined as always by the lovely Seth Ott. That was weird. It was weird, wasn't it? Um, I don't feel good about it. I can't. I can't wait for the end of the show. Not just you know, so I can stop talking to you, but also <laughs> so I can hear hear you try and remember that name again. <laughs> I'm gonna forget it again. It's too. It's like a lot. It's just a lot, and and we were talking before we started recording, and it was like there's is like fisty, like waffles, pants, like it was all <laughs> these different things from when we talked to Jared last week. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, by the way, go back and listen to episode 84 if you haven't yet. One of my favorite episodes we've done so far. We had a blast talking to Jared, uh, and he got to pick my new name, and there was a lot of moving parts to it. So we we eventually landed on Sir Fisty McRopes the third. So. Uh, so that is my name for the as month of March. As one does. As one does, yeah. The logical conclusion to that mm-hmm. conversation was Fisty McRopes, uh, <laughs> the third. So, yeah, a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, it's strange. We're, we're back, at, you know, back to normal. Our, our last two episodes have been, you know, I, I was traveling in Iowa, so we were kind of doing the remote recording thing. But uh, I, I'm glad to not be in the same room as you anymore. Uh, glad to That's be staring true. at my at my blank gray wall again. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, things are things are back to normal for the SoCo show. My blank great wall sounds like Alanis Morissette album from 1997. Oh, fuck yeah. I would listen to that. Absolutely. <laughs> What's an actual... Jagged Little Pill, is that one of hers? Uh-huh. There we go. That's the only one I can think yeah. of. So you mentioned before we started that you had something you wanted to open with. What do you got for us? Yeah, well, uh, so I mentioned a few months back, um, I was complaining about how cold it was in Iowa. And, um, you know, now it's March and things are warming up and it's great. Um, it's It's not... Uh, I can go outside without the air hurting my face, which is pretty nice. Nice. And, and uh, I'm able to go run again, and uh, which I don't know if I talked about on the show, but during when it's nice out, I run pretty much every every day as long as it's nice outside or bearable. And uh, so now this is the time of year when during the day it's warm, things are melting, it's you know above freezing, and in, at at night everything freezes again. And so Monday was like my first day getting back into running and uh, getting outside and, you know, getting my usual trails and stuff. And needless to say, I had a little bit of an adventure. So the the first thing was that uh, it had melted a lot over the weekend. There had been a lot of puddles kind of forming with all the snow we got here. It's a lot of water. And so I get on my trail. It's dark. It's like 530 daylight savings had happened. So it's pretty dark. And I'm on the trail. I'm running and I start to see what looks like, you know, wet ground. And I already knew the ground was kind of, you know, frozen over a little bit. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop running here. I'll take a little walk. And as soon as I put my foot on the, what looked like ice wet area, my foot goes through and I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. I'm like, oh shit. Well, um, I just got to keep pushing on and I take two more steps and it's up to like past my ankle <laughs> and this goes on for like a like a comically long time like probably like a block's length of water oh my God. just kept walking through and by then I'm pissed because my shoes are soaked my legs are soaked and I'm like I can't keep going on this so I turn around I take a different path and unfortunately as I walk a little further, this path is same where, you know, it looks like it's frozen. And uh, luckily this is all the way frozen uh, for my, you know, pants wetness. But for uh, the stability of my feet, it is not a good sign because (laughs) 
I take one step and instantly uh, my I, I am airborne. Like <laughs> not not like it's not a you know, just like a slip and woo. It's a my foot is straight in the air, like it's pointing to God. And I I am falling back like a WWE wrestler taking a body slam. And it's one of those where like it happened kind of in slow motion and I didn't even realize it happened. Like I I I remember thinking like whoa no in, in midair like I I literally saw my foot in my eye line. I had no idea oh how it happened. Oh my gosh! But I go uh. down and I I land. My earbuds kind of fall out. And I, and the first thing I thought was my phone because I landed straight on my phone. That was good, but I didn't realize I had landed on my shoulder that I had uh, popped out a socket. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, from the indoor skydive. Yeah, and so I move that around. And I'm like, you know what? I think it feels better than before. So I think, <laughs> um, I think I actually might have helped my shoulder by popping it more into socket. I don't know, but there you um, go. You just but, reset it. But yeah, so any if any of you, I I've never done that before. Like I've fallen on ice, but I've never gone like parallel to the ground <laughs> from falling on ice. So. Um, for anyone who's, who's planning on do it, do it while you're young, um, (laughs) or, or, uh, just avoid it at all costs and, uh, make sure you're looking where you're walking, uh, especially in the cold temperate climates. There you go, folks. Uh, good advice. Be careful as you walk because you never know what's going to be ankle deep water and what's going to be a sheet of ice. Yeah. I went through both. Like normally, normally people do like one, you know, like normally you hear like, it, when people are in the you know springtime or whatever, like oh, I took a step and it went through the ice, or I took a step and I slipped on the ice. Normally, <laughs> do like they people do one thing, and I did both within like five minutes. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I think you. I'm you the get unluckiest one of these. person. <laughs> that's that's for your efforts uh, on the trail. Good for you for running. Uh, the reason I never fall down is because I don't go outside. So uh, let's jump into the show. We got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We got some NFL news, big stuff going on in free agency. Uh, We got an exciting Mambo number five that relates to one of the big reviews uh, that we're going to be doing today and uh, lots of news and fun stuff in between. So let's jump into it. And we're going to start like we always do with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. He's, he seems to be kind of quieting a little bit on his tweets. Um, I had to go back to March 3rd for this last for this tweet. What? Um, yeah, this is this is a while back. He hasn't tweeted much. He, he tweeted a little bit about um, wrestling that happened the other night and th- just a bunch of retweets. So I'm hoping Iron Sheik's okay. Everyone set your, send your positive thoughts and prayers to the Iron Sheik. Um, hopefully he's doing all right. But for this one, Iron Sheik was joining in on a hashtag going on at the time. It's the 80s and five words. And uh, that the, those five words are clearly Iron Sheik, legend of earth. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Iron Sheik, make you humble. But legend That's a good of one earth too. is a good one too. Well, we need the Sheik back on his feet. So uh, SoCo listeners, uh, hit him up at the underscore Iron Sheik. And send him your well wishes. We don't know that anything is wrong with him. We just need to encourage him to give us more tweets because we rely on him to be creative so that our show can be funny. So exactly. more chic tweets on the way. I call you a punk. 
Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Mathis Designs on Etsy. It's etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your graphic design and stationary needs. And Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. That never doesn't fucking, that never doesn't, I just get a chill. I don't, I'm not a big fan. Um, but I don't a horny chill? Stop you from continuing. Yeah, it's a chill right down the, right down my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have a chill run down the back of your, you know, penis? <laughs> I don't like that mm-hmm. at all. Let's Only when on. I use mints. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> That's, I'll give you one of these for that. Let's, let's end one of these. Nice. So you earned it. Yeah. Let's move on. Please, let's move on <laughs> to our one word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. Ooh, one word summaries is the segment where Seth has searched the internet to find three wacky news stories. He's gonna summarize each story with only one word apiece, and based on those three words, I will select the story that we will discuss on the show. But don't fret. If we don't choose the story that you wanted to hear about, make sure you hit the description box where you can see links to all of the uh, one-word summaries, including the ones we didn't discuss, and all of the stories, all of our contact info, and uh, videos and such that we're going to link to in the description box. So make sure you're checking that out. It'll be especially important today. You're going to want some timestamps for later on in the show. We're going to have a spoiler section that you might not want to listen to. So uh, make sure you're checking out the description box for all the info that pertains to today's show. That said... Seth, what do we got this week in one word summaries? Your words are stroke, police, shoot. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I'm going to pick stroke. Um, nice. And I'm, I'm a little leery. Um, police is police arrested a man named sober for not being sober. Nice. Love the blood, al- blood alcohol content of 0.194. Oh my gosh. Um, and then what was the other one? Gun. Unlicensed gun owner accidentally shoots himself in the penis. Oh no, not the penis. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Ugh, that's the not. one place. If if you had to if you had to list if we did a mambo number five of places to get shot, the last spot on the list would be penis. I'd rather mm-hmm. be shot almost anywhere else. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we'll just we'll save that for Mama Number Five for another week. Okay, that's what I have to put, I'd have to put a lot of thought into that one. <laughs> okay, so we have what's the story we chose? All right, get ready for this one. Um, woman almost dies from stroke triggered by oral sex. Oh my god! Oh my god! I did see this. I, I saw the headline. I didn't read it. Okay. Um, but I do remember seeing this, and I remember thinking, nice, nice. Except That's that true. she almost died. So tell us more. Well, she wasn't, um, she was not giving the oral sex. She was receiving it. Right. Uh, so I didn't know if people, you know, were confused about that one. Um, the woman suffered a brain bleed as she neared orgasm is the, the subtitle. Um, a British woman had to go to the hospital after an intense impending orgasm triggered a stroke. According to a new report from the British Medical Journal, the unidentified 44-year-old woman suffered a transient loss of consciousness, or TLOC, while receiving oral sex from her partner. 
After the woman wasn't conscious for two to three minutes after the sex, her partner got nervous and took her to the emergency room at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital in London. Once there, the man told doctors his partner's body had gone stiff during their session. The woman told doctors she had a headache that she described as a 6 out of 10 on the pain scale, according to the New York Post. At first, doctors believed, based on the symptoms, that the woman had suffered a seizure. Upon further inspection, the doctors came to believe she had suffered a reflex-mediated reflex, uh, syncope, a blackout caused by a sudden lack of blood supply to the brain that was related to the sexual activity she had enjoyed before the incident. On closer history taking, the patient reported nearing orgasm or receiving oral sex from her partner before losing consciousness. <laughs> this is so great. Like, I'm glad this woman is okay. But how, as as that guy, how do you not walk around like the biggest swinging dick of all time and just like telling everybody about how you made your girlfriend have to go to the hospital because she came so fucking hard? Not only just go to the hospital, she wasn't released for 15 more days after that. What? 15 yeah. days oh my god and imagine being in the hospital all that time and all she wants to do is go home and <laughs> and do more sex with that guy and she's <laughs> got to sit there and be tort oh my god this is this is this is an interesting story i feel for this lady i hope that she's okay and has doesn't have any long-term effects but this dude is a legend like at least to him and his friends and how do you not tell everybody well obviously it's national or international news now well it was unidentified a woman so Oh, I don't okay. think. Yeah. I bet his buddies call him T-Lock. <laughs> that, that's a sweet-ass nickname. Um, I know she said that the headache was a 6 out of 10, but that's because she was using 1 to 10. If she was using 1 to 100, I bet you she would have rated it. 69. 69. <laughs> I've been waiting. I keep that sounder because I know it'll come in handy sometime, and now it has, so I'm very I was going to say, who, who says that? Who is who's this? 69. 69. <laughs> that, that one, the last that, one. That's uh, Billy Madison. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah. God. That's a, a classic. <laughs> one of the best movies of our time. Um, holy crap. That is a story that I'm glad that we told because the, the world needs to know. I, I, I'm i a little ashamed to say that that's never happened to me. Um, I've, I've never had anyone uh, pass out. Well, so this guy for two they, or three minutes. They probably wanted to. to well, sh- shut up. This guy for two to three minutes, what did he think for two to three minutes? That she had just fallen asleep? He, he just gave himself a, a cell five and he walked out, dried, dried his mouth off. and then... <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, that's foul. Oh, God. I hope I hope no one at my work ever hears this podcast after the <laughs> two jokes I've made already. This cannot be the first time you've had that thought. I think that literally weakens. There's been a few times, and most of them I have you cut those out. Um, <laughs> but I think both of the ones I've made are, like, just at the line where I probably, you know, they're funny enough to keep in. So, but, Neither of us is probably uh, going to be a senator, thanks to the SoCo show. No. Let this be a word of caution. See, this is why, this is why... I don't give girls orgasms because I'm worried because <laughs> I'm worried about their health and safety. So true. to all the to to all the girls I've loved before, um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. I'm I'm gonna hack into your uh, Bumble profile and just put a clip of that. And into there, so like put a link, just like put a link in there and be like, all right, go to this 
exact moment on the SoCo show and hear Cody say, this is why I don't give girls orgasms. And they'll either <laughs> appreciate that or uh, swipe left. So <laughs> I think that's as good a show title as we're going to probably have today. This is why I don't give girls <laughs> orgasms. I don't know why they would be, but if any of my exes are listening to the show, they're probably just rolling their eyes at me or laughing or telling their friends that it's true. So uh, let's move on from that whole thing. Or all the above. <laughs> I need to feel more like a man again, so let's talk sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. It was a crazy week in the NFL. A lot of movement, a lot of big names moving around. So, Seth, I want to get your, want to get your impressions of a few of the big moves that we've heard about this week. Let's, let's go a little bit in chronological order. Give me the football. As, as much as I can remember, I'll take the football. Um, that's, a, that, that's my Adrian Peterson impression. You asked, I don't know any other football players, though. So I can't I do many of them. Oh, I get it. Your impression. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Hold on one second. There you go. That's for you. Uh, let's talk Nick Foles. We got Nick Foles signing a deal, a uh, pretty lucrative deal. It's about $80 million or so for a few years. He's going to Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville is a team that we were excited about last season. They seem to have really just torn down everything. They've dealt a lot of players, dealt a lot of picks. Now they're signing Foles. Uh, what do you what do you think about Foles uh, as a starter and Foles as a starter for Jacksonville? Are are they gonna do anything this year? Do you think? As a team, I the, uh, I don't know. I, probably not. Um, I don't like Nick Foles. I think I've been on record before. I don't think Nick Foles is a very good quarterback. I think he's hit some incredible stretches of luck the last few years um, in the postseason. Um, is he a competent quarterback? Sure. But is he a good, is he an $80 million quarterback? Absolutely not. He's cashing in. I I commend him for cashing in on these past two postseasons. Joe Flacco did it. If you're looking at history, Joe Flacco didn't end up (laughs) in too good a a spot after uh, his Super Bowl year. So, no, I I mean, good for him. Happy for him. He's, uh, you know, Napoleon Dynamite went places. I thought Uncle Rico had all the arm talent, but apparently it was Napoleon Dynamite. So... uh, I, I I don't think he's gonna do. I think I think they'll be better than last year offensively, just because I do think Nick Foles is a more competent quarterback than Blake Bortles ripping cigs. But <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of time to do that now. But I, I just don't think he's a very good quarterback, and I don't think they're gonna be much better. I think that division is pretty much wrapped up by the Colts right now, especially even after this their latest signing they had. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you on the Colts. Uh, I really like them this season. Uh, you mentioned Joe Flacco. Let's super briefly talk about him because I don't think we mentioned in the past. He's going to Denver. So mm-hmm. he's going to supplant Case Keenum as the starter in Denver. Denver is a team that I think was trying to tear down last year, but then was surprisingly pretty competent. They've got they running back talent. They've got receiver talent. Their defense is still good, um, but they do play in a tough division. Do you think Flacco is going to have success in Denver? Again, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, do I? I think he'll be – more competent than now, and Case Keenum's actually a competent quarterback. I think he'll be, he adds a little bit more to, to, he brings a little more to the table than Case Keenum in terms of playmaking and especially the deep ball. And they got a couple of, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders still can play, even though he got hurt at the end of last year. Cortland Sutton's a good young wide receiver that they got who is a deep ball specialist. So I think, I think there's enough there to suit um, Flacco to, for, a little bit of success. Uh, I don't think this makes them a contender by any means. That that division is 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 pretty stacked, and and you know with with recent moves Oakland's making, they might not even just on offense but on defense, they might be on the rise again too. So um, we'll see. But I I don't think they're 
going to be a threat to the Chiefs or the Chargers or we'll even see about the Raiders at this point. Yeah, you bring up the Raiders. So let's go to Oakland. They just made a big, big deal. Um, and it's been a whole big thing with Antonio Brown since the season ended. Uh, this He just said he flat out doesn't fucking want to play for the Steelers. It's been this whole chicken game, cat and mouse. You know, are they going to trade him for what? Ended up only needing a third and a fifth round draft pick, I believe was mm-hmm. the price, from Oakland to get Antonio Brown over to the Raiders. Uh, the mm-hmm. Raiders also, um, side note here, signed, I think, Tyrell Williams. Is that the guy from the Chargers? Yep. Um, yeah. So they have a, a pretty revamped wide receiving core. I, I think they still have Jordy Nelson. Jordy um, Nelson, yeah. So some guys for Derek Carr to throw to. What do you think of this move for Brown and then for Oakland? I mean, I think it's obviously a step down for Brown. You know, it, Derek Carr is a quarterback. <laughs> that's, about, <laughs> that's about all I can say about him. He had that really. He had a really good year that one year. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't just he hasn't shown very much. Um, he's I mean, he's had some he's had some pretty good receivers too, and and like look what happened to Mari Cooper. He fucking left. He left Oakland and became this superstar every week, catching eight balls for a hundred plus yards and you know a couple touchdowns. Like he was he was a stud after mm-hmm. he left Oakland. Oh yeah, and I I I mean Dak Prescott I don't think is a great quarterback, but he was able to get him the ball, and Derek Carr could rarely get him the ball. So it's. I think it's an obvious step down for for Brown, but and, and the other thing too is he Brown has always had a supporting cast around him to help make him better. He, he had Emmanuel Sanders for a while. He had Martavis Bryant for a while. He had um, Juju Smith Schuster the last two seasons, and you know not I'm not Antonio Brown's a great wide receiver, but he's always had you know help around him too. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going Tyrell Williams is a fine wide receiver, but he's not to the level of Juju Smith-Schuster or any other guys I, I mentioned. Derek Carr is a, a okay quarterback. Um they don't really have much of a running game right now. I mean, I who knows if Lynch will be back and and, and that type of thing too. So I think that offense is not going to be super well suited for especially with Gruden there who is more of a run heavy guy anyway. Very conservative, I, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be Great success for Brown, you know, moving to Oakland. He got his payday, though, so can't yeah. blame him for doing that either. He did get his money. Get your dollar bills. That's that's all well and good. Uh, man, the Steelers are a shit show. I, I don't know how you give him up for a third and a fifth. Like, that's a low price for the best wide receiver a, in football. A third and a, a fifth? And they're still the, paying... They're still paying $21 million on him this season, too. Holy shit. Yeah, see, the Steelers, I mean, they just totally... They just fucked themselves, is what they did. Mm-hmm. They they gave in to player demands, and mm-hmm. and it's it's not paying off for them. They they got two bad picks. Their offense is gutted now. I do think Juju Smith Schuster will be a superstar wide receiver. I think he has the talent to carry that wide receiving core. Yeah. Um, but we'll be interested to see what what happens with the Steelers' offense. But they, that whole thing, I'm just glad it's over, honestly, so we can quit fucking talking about it. Back to Pittsburgh. It's interesting because on Antonio Brown, he stamped his feet. They gave him exactly what he wanted. <clears throat> on Le'Veon Bell. He stamped his feet, and they they stone-faced him and said, you're not getting what you want out of us. Le'Veon Bell seems to have played himself. He's now headed to the New York Jets and is going to make less money than what he was offered in Pittsburgh. I think an interesting Mm -hmm. turn of events. Maybe this just has to do with the fact that it's the Jets. Uh, It's been said that he he likes the Jets, that he's a fan of that team. He's going to go up there and play with Sam Darnold and a a team that that is building. It's an interesting fit there, uh, and I don't know a lot about the Jets, but what are your thoughts on how he might fit in there? 
I think he'll fit in fine. Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll have good production as long as he gets his weight down. <laughs> He's apparently 260 pounds right now. So holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and I, there are some reports coming out that that was not true. His agent came out and said that's not true, but you know how agents are. So you know, we'll see. Is if, if he can get in shape and and you know get to you know that that. Le'Veon Bill-esque type of... Because he's fresh. He has fresh legs now, too. So uh, I think he'll be fine. I, I think... I mean, if you look at their running back production, that was one of the few things that worked for them last year was their running backs mm-hmm. uh, between Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire. They all had good production. I think he's with what they're paying him, I, even though it's not insane money, it's still a lot of money for a running back. So they're going to work him. You know, he's going to he's going to be a three down back most of the time. They release uh, Crowell, too. So they're not, you know, super stacked at running back. So I think he'll get a, I think he'll I think he'll be good. They have a good line. Um, they they're pretty run heavy, heavy offense. And I think he'll be productive so as long as he gets into his Le'Veon Bell shape I think he'll be fine yeah I, I say watch out for the Jets I, I don't know if it's time yet for uh, the Patriots to be unsuited I, I don't think that it is but no. I'm saying watch out for the Jets in the next handful of years I think they're building a team the right way around Sam Darnold and I think this is a team that's going to be better sooner rather than later so keep an eye on, they- on the New York Jets uh, let's get to the big shocker of the week and you know, there was speculation that this might happen, but nobody really thought it would until it did. Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded from the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they get, they give a couple of picks and a player to get him. I think it was a safety. I can't remember his name. Um, gave him two players, actually. Okay. So um, Odell Beckham Jr. headed to the Browns. Uh, the Browns now have him, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, David Njoku, on paper, it looks like a stacked offense, mm-hmm. but it is the Browns. And I, I, I was saying this to someone yesterday. It, it's very hard to get excited about the Browns, but it's very hard not to get excited about these Browns. Where are you mm-hmm. on that spectrum? I'm pretty excited about the Browns um, with how the, that offense ran with last year with some limited pieces. Um, you know, some of these young, like they also have Antonio Callaway, who's a second round wide receiver who was coming on strong at the end of last year. Um, he was a, actually a guy who a lot of people had in the first round of his draft class, but he got into some trouble. So he's re- he's a really talented wide receiver. So they have three pretty, I mean, two stud wide receivers in Landry and, and Odell who played together at LSU. So they're going to have a lot of fun. And then uh, Callaway, who is a, you know, stud uh, you know, a young guy who's who's getting better and better and, and, and was getting better at the end of last year. Plus, um, like I said, Nick Chubb, who's a stud running back, potentially Kareem Hunt is there too if, if he, you know, uh, doesn't get suspended for the entire year. Yeah, they're 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 gonna be a, a really tough offense and they were already pretty tough last year. You add, you know, a, a a top three wide receiver in the NFL right now in terms of talent. It's uh it's gonna be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, they're gonna. I think the Browns are gonna get some. They're gonna get some TV games this season. I think a lot of folks are pretty excited. Oh yeah, the bandwagon is getting pretty full. Uh, we shall see. Lots of good NFL stuff to come over the spring and summer here in the sports section um, of the Soco Show. So make sure you come back for all that. All that great stuff. Uh, for now, let's get into something that uh, that's gonna be fun. Uh, we are gonna get into this week's Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. In a little bit, we're going to get into a review and a little bit of talk about Captain Marvel, which is the latest MCU uh, movie to come out. A lot of excitement about it uh, going on over the past week. It is, of course, the origin of Captain Marvel. It was played by Brie Larson. So we thought we would 
uh, count down our favorite origins in uh, movie, TV, video games, etc. So these don't have to be superheroes, but uh, My, I only have one. He's only got one. Okay, so this will yeah. be exciting. I went out of the box for this one. Oh, out of the box, out of the box. That's where Seth lives. Uh, let's was get into a, our. Yeah, that was a was show. That a Disney Disney show. It was a kids show. I don't know if it was on Disney or not. For some reason, I'm picturing Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House coming out of a box, but I know that's not it. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe one of the listeners out there can clarify for us. Hit us up on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael or at Seth O'Ott or at Soko Show Pod. Let Seth know where he's coming up with this fucking hallucination. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, top five origins. Number five. This is the only one that's technically a superhero um, on here. It's uh, Kick-Ass in Kick-Ass. Mm, that is a great one. That is, yeah. I, I left him off of mine. I, 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 would, I would mention him as an honorable mention. Uh, Kick-Ass, one of my favorite superhero movies, though. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I kind of went, yeah, I definitely went for more, again, like not traditional superhero stuff in this one. Um, and yeah, none of these are even close to superheroes now after this. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, based in reality everyone even kick-ass everyone knows what kick-ass is and it's a great movie it's but his origin specifically is really cool because it's you know a fish out of water um he's you know getting his ass whooped and he you know starts to you know get tough and learn how to fight and you know the whole thing with hit girl and and uh fucking <laughs> what what is what is nick cage yell i forgot <laughs> take cover child <laughs> yeah, yeah now switch to kryptonite <laughs> You know, so that, that that whole what's his character's name? Um, Big Daddy. Big Daddy, that's what it is. Clearly, yeah, I've seen I, Kick-Ass more times than you. You have, uh, it's true, and I'm not not ashamed of that. But I think it's a, it's a the or like the that's the, the my favorite part of the movie is is like the heart he has in it and mm-hmm. the his origin uh, in, in terms of like rising up is is like that that's really the part of the movie I really like. And then when he gets his comeuppance at the end with the the. Uh, fucking rocket launcher it's pretty sweet so <laughs> yeah that is a pretty kick-ass uh, i didn't even mean to say that but i did it's a pretty kick-ass movie <laughs> my number five i have so many of these uh that it was very hard to narrow down to five and i am going to cheat on this list but not yet uh my number five is going to be ratchet and clank And uh, one of my favorite video games of all time. I think I've talked about it on this show before. And they have a really cool kind of lighthearted video game um, origin where Ratchet is just a normal fucking kid. And Clank is this defunct robot that falls from space. And their origin is really cool because they get together out of necessity to do like one small thing. Right. Like their first mission is to like go over there. And then every time they go over there, something new and bigger happens and they end up saving like a planet over the course of it. So, and none of it is what they asked for. So it's kind of an accidental origin and Ratchet is this fun character who like fancies himself a hero. So he's really excited to take on every new challenge. And it's just one of those that feels like it comes together very organic. Of course they had a lot of time over the course of a video game to build this, but feels like it comes together very organically and very, um, sort of circumstantially in a way that was really entertaining. And they evolved over the course of the next few games into some of my favorite characters. So uh, the original Ratchet and Clank, not the fucking remake, the original Ratchet and Clank uh, comes in at number five for me. Number four. Uh, my number four, again, not this is definitely not traditional, not a superhero movie at all, but it is a great trilogy of movies. Um, I, I would say technically the origin is in the f- 
the first, obviously, uh, Caesar in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, fuck. That is such a good one. <laughs> oh, that is um, such a good one. I don't have it on my list anywhere, but that is fucking great. I told you I went out of went out of uh, went went out of the box for these. Um, well, at least in the first one, because you know he doesn't really he doesn't talk in the first one until like doesn't it, like right at the end he says he finally talks and he it's says like a no huge mo- to Draco yeah. Malfoy. Yeah, it's a huge moment, and really his origin I'd say is more the second one because that's when you really see Caesar, you know, as Caesar, um, you know, starting to rise to power and all that's in and you know teach these other. You know, it's it's such a it's such a cool arc with Caesar in these movies and and specifically the first two, seeing him rise to power is like it's just so badass and it's these were just such well done movies that I wanted to put it on the list anyway. So God, they're so anytime we can get the planet the new Planet of the Apes Matt Reeves trilogy, fucking watch them, people. We cannot recommend them enough. We're such huge fans. Uh they did such a good job. And Caesar was Caesar's one of my favorite characters ever, and he's a talking ape. <laughs> my number four see i'm a lot more i'm a lot more like in the box than you um but i am excited about everyone on my list my number four is wonder woman and i think that you know there are better superhero movies than wonder woman but i think that when you when you talk about a, a an origin movie and you you know someone discovers who they are discovers their place in the world and you know, and puts that to use for the first time. You know, that's kind of what I think about as an origin movie. And, you know, uh, Wonder Woman was always a superhero. She never wasn't fucking strong as hell. Um, but the way that she kind of discovers her place in the world and, and discovers what's outside of, of uh, Themyscira is forced to kind of embody her her um, mission statement, which is just like keep it, save everyone, every life matters, uh, you know, be good. And, and and to take that and then have to go apply it outside of her little piece of paradise into the real world. And I think the way that she, over the course of that movie, her like the way they use her naivety and her lack of understanding about the world to tell us about our own world, I think is really interesting. And I think Wonder Woman is, is I'm maybe I'm putting more depth on Wonder Woman than there should be, but I really, really loved what they did in that movie specifically. Um, and then when you talk about the no man's land, when she runs out of that fucking trench, that you're not going to not get fired up about that. So maybe <laughs> even for that scene alone, I pick Wonder Woman. <laughs> Number three. Um, I had another video game here in this spot, and then I switched it out because I thought about it a little bit more. Um, originally, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll do it in the honorable mentions. Um, this one I have a video, my only video game on the list. It's Kratos in God of War. Mm-hmm. He so the because in the reason it's more like an origin, you know, like rise, you know, rags to riches type of thing is in the original game he's, he, you know, he's like a leader of an army, but like not super special. Like he's clearly like you know a badass and stuff. But by the end, of course, spoilers, you know that he's son of Zeus. Um, I think that maybe it's in the second one that you find that out. But in the first one, you know he takes down a fucking god you know and becomes a god of war so uh, that that and like you said with the video game with ratchet and clank that's you spend a lot of time with the characters and you you really take that journey uh depending on how long long the game is and and so you get invested in that and and i think that's a cool one because you you're you slowly gain you know your power in this game to to the point you can you know take down a god so it's a it's a cool origin for uh Cool origin for Kratos, I think, in, in the original God of War. My number three, I got back-to-back ladies on my list. and if Captain I, Marvel. 
It is not Captain Marvel. Uh, we'll get we'll get into Captain Marvel in a fucking second. Back to back ladies on this list. If I told you that there is a Star Wars character on my list, you might not have guessed it. You might have guessed that I was talking about Luke. I'm talking about Ray in the Force Rey Awakens. Is probably who you're talking about? Yeah, um, not Han Solo and Solo. Uh, even though I like that movie more than most, The Force Awakens. I'm on record as having that as my number one Star Wars movie. Uh, I think Ray Ray is an amazing. I think character she's it's kind of that classic mold of a character where it's just standard regular person then meets extraordinary circumstances and then discovers what's great about them. I think that's what's really cool about Ray is that she could be anybody, uh, you know, really could be. And if, if Finn runs into anybody else, it could have happened to anybody. So and that's what's great about Luke Skywalker, too. But Ray, you know, the way she comes in and she lacks confidence early, but then builds it. And then by the time she's at the end of of Last Jedi is a total fucking badass. And even at the end of Force Awakens is a total badass. I think her quick progression in that movie alone is awesome. And Force Awakens is a dope-ass movie. Ray's, Ray's one of my favorite characters going right now. So uh, Force Awakens. If I can put Star Wars on a list, I'm fucking doing it, Seth. <laughs> I think I actually know your last two. Yeah, you very well might. Uh, and yeah, I, I would bet that you do. Actually, I think my number yeah. two might surprise you a little bit. But, uh, but we'll see. Okay. Number two. Uh, my number two is probably the closest thing to superhero you can get. Um, going to be Harry Potter and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. See, I had this as an honorable mention. I was wondering if you would include it. Uh, but yeah, talk about mm-hmm. Sorcerer's Stone. So yeah, I mean, the whole point of the first book really is that, you know, he's this normal kid or what he thinks is a normal kid. And he's thrust into a world where he's completely not. You know, he's he's known as the the boy who lived. And, and the first, at least, the the first like quarter of the book is him getting out of this normal world. And so that's really, truly an origin story when it comes down to it is, you know, a normal kid in, in this normal world finds out he's special. And, and um, by the end of the book, he, you know, defeats the, the, you know, the big bad and, and, and he is, you know, it's because of his abilities and because that he is a special kid, you know, cause the love of his mom, all that stuff. But um, that, that's, that's really like an, almost like an, or, you know, an origin comic or an origin movie i don't like origin movies but that that's that's one of the ones i like so but you know it's it's it it is truly like in the and i didn't even think about it this way until you know i started coming up with this list but like it is totally an origin movie when you look at it yeah it definitely is and i thought about sorcerer stone and just like what you said i think this is a perfect example of an origin movie and it has the thing that ray and luke skywalker have where harry is just a regular fucking kid that it could have that's Mm -hmm. why people love harry potter is because any of us could be harry potter Mm -hmm. and and it's it's just kind of fucking cool and i i shit on harry potter a lot just to piss nerds off uh i do love (laughs) i do love harry potter but uh and sorcerer stone like when i was a kid and i read sorcerer stone in the third grade and you were at my my birthday party in third grade, I think in 2000 or 2001, uh, we went to Sorcerer's Stone for my birthday party, and it was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best <laughs> days ever. So uh, <laughs> Harry Potter definitely uh, made an honorable mention for me. My number two, um, <laughs> my number two is going to be Iron Man, and hmm. uh, specifically Iron Man in the MCU. Th- there's a little bit of recency bias here because I just I just watched it uh, recently, huh? And I think the, the thing the thing about Tony Stark is that he he in Iron Man one he makes this full turn from profiting off of off of weapons to 
not wanting to do that anymore. And then he makes his whole mission to not have to use weapons. And that continues all the way through into Ultron and into Infinity War and all that. But the the shift in his personality in the first Iron Man um, is really interesting to me because he's this greedy, shitty guy who sucks. And then he becomes this total selfless, always putting himself in harm's way, um, you know, greater good kind of guy. And it's just interesting to see that change in him and him become Iron Man. And, and you see, I think the MCU top to bottom, I think if, if when it comes down to it, the entire MCU is about Iron Man. And uh, it's really interesting what they've done with it, but it all started with the first Iron Man, which ranks very highly on my uh, list of MCU movies still to this day. Um, mm. And I think they just did a perfect job with that. Now yeah. there are problems with that movie. The villain is kind of flat, but, but their, their introduction to Tony and his evolution from the beginning to the end of that movie and beyond, I think is awesome. I had it on my list at one point, and then it just kind of came off. Mm. Number one, number one is uh, I think when you hear it, it'll you know it, it'll make sense. For I me. guessed it. I guessed it this morning. Did you? Yeah. Uh, Rocky Balboa and Rocky. Oh, that's not what I guessed. <laughs> no. No. What'd I, you guess? I was guessing Walter White. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about I thought, that. I thought for uh, sure that'd be, but Rocky does. Duh. Rocky is a duh. Oh yeah, come on, Rocky, the original <laughs> Rocky. He he. Uh, he, he's just a normal boxer. He doesn't even. He barely has a winning record, and then he gets plucked out of obscurity, fights Apollo Creed, and boom, there you go. That's that's. And then he becomes Superman. He fucking he, you know, takes down Mister T. He, uh, cure. He fucking fixes um the Cold War <laughs> all by himself. Um, he should have killed Tommy Gunn in the street. He fought when he was sixty-five years old. He trained Apollo Apollo Creed's son to become champion. Uh, he, he's he's a superhero. He's a truth. You know what? I have two superheroes on my list. <laughs> and in uh, 2020, he's and... going to space. <laughs> uh, no, in twenty in 2020, he is going to be Rambo again, though. So oh, look Christ. out for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, come on, Rocky. He's he's a true hero. Um, and his origin was in the first movie. Excellent movie. One best picture. Rocky That's is a great. Rocky that. is a great. Ro- Rocky is the Rocky is probably. Rocky is one that would compete with my number one, I would say. It doesn't beat it, no, but I would at least allow it to be a part of the conversation. Because the first Rocky, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's really hard not to cry at the end of Rocky for me. It's, it's a pretty fucking special movie. My number one is going to come as a surprise to zero people, um, but it is a cheat. I am cheating with my number one. Because my number one is Spider-Man, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's two different Spider-Men. First of all, it is Tobey Maguire in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I think when you think about the origin movie, that is the that is the one everyone else is modeling after. Now, you can talk to me about movies that came before and all of that, fine. But as far as the superhero origin story, it's fucking Spider-Man and then everything after. And it did everything perfect. Normal kid, extraordinary circumstances, gets the girl, beats the bad guy, and everything about Spider-Man the great power, great responsibility thing, and that being hammered home with Uncle Ben and how he knows it's his fault that he died. Uh, everything about Spider-Man's origin from the comics and to the movies and the way they did it in the Tobey Maguire is perfect. And I love it. And it's one of my favorite movies ever. But we just recently saw Into the Spider-Verse. And I think that Miles Morales and in Into the Spider-Verse has an equally awesome origin story. Similar thing happens to him. Regular ass kid. Something extraordinary happens to him, and now he's thrust into this big world of shit to do. And I think what's interesting about Miles Morales is that he basically, over the course of that movie, is learning to like believe in himself. And that's just a really interesting 
thought you know he's he's a fuck he could lift up a bus and he still needs to learn self-confidence i think that's such an interesting thing to kind of think about and i just love into the spider-verse i've seen it now twice uh mm-hmm. i cried both times and uh i also would have fucking fought rocky balboa if he asked me to when i left the theater so that movie is quickly rising up the ranks of my favorite movies ever and uh yeah. and that, that's gonna surprise nobody so double spider-man's is number one for me I uh so I had that at like number five for a little bit. Miles Morales, not Toby Maguire, but Miles Morales. And I think the first time I watched that movie, I was frustrated for because it takes a while for him to actually. It's really at the end of the movie before he you know gets into the suit and actually fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he when he fights, it's badass. Mm-hmm. But the second time around watching it, knowing what happens, I appreciated it way more his origin and all that stuff and the beats that leading up to it. I swear to God, it's a perfect movie. It's because it's really good. What you get in into the spider verse that you don't get in other movies, including this first Sam Raimi Spider-Man is most of these origin movies show you like the inciting incident, the spider bite, if you will. And then a Mm -hmm. montage of him being awkward and then skips ahead to him being awesome. Mm-hmm. And what Into the Spider-Verse does is shows you all the steps in between where he has to learn how to swing and he has to learn how to mm-hmm. unstick himself from walls. And all of that stuff in between shows Be you. Be invisible and shock people. And- yeah, he has to learn all of that. Sh- and, it, and you get to see mm-hmm. all of it. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is what's different about that one. But it's such a great payoff at the end when he's fighting because that's amazing. That's some of the best. The last 20 minutes of Into the Spider-Verse are perfect movie to me. I mean, very funny and, and all that stuff, but it's super emotional at times and and has the beats that come back and it like they weave a lot of stuff in and out of it and they have to handle so much stuff. There's so much going on in that movie um, that you have to keep, keep track of. And the fact that they did it and, and won an Oscar for it is completely insane. So Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I'm always on, I, I will watch all of their stuff because it's funny and, and emotional and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board for whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, let's run down some honorable mentions. I had a, I had a couple. I had a hard time not putting uh, Annabelle Creation on my top five. I, I flirted with putting it at number five. Very surprising yep. horror movie. Um, impressed me a lot more than I thought. Uh, I don't. I think the Annabelle thing is whatever, but that movie is awesome. I had Vice on here. I really enjoyed Vice. I know you liked it less. I think it's a great show of him going from normal guy to uh, obviously the vice president. I had Sorcerer of Stone. Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Kick-Ass. Straight Outta Compton, I think is fantastic. I mm. That's a movie that I go back to occasionally. I think that's an awesome one talking about NWA. Uh, I like Captain America. Uh, some people shit on Captain America. I, I think it's a great origin story. It goes along with everything we've been saying about these others. Uh, and then mm. I also like Man of Steel more than the average person. I think that was mm. a good one too. So um, those are my honorable mentions. Did you have any others, Ted? Yeah, you mentioned Iron Man. I had that on my list. Uh, Miles Morales. Um, Aloy from Horizon I had on my list for a little bit. Oh, sure. Oliver Queen from the the first season of Arrow. That I thought that... Because you watched the first season of Arrow and you enjoyed it, it's too. It's great. First and two seasons, I think, are really good. That Yeah, I was obsessed with that show when it first came out. And I still enjoy it, but it was way better earlier on when it was simple. 8 Mile is a good one. With, See, uh, I was wondering if you'd put 8 Mile on. Yeah, that's a good That's a good origin. Um, with with B-Rabbit. But uh, he goes from being yeah, that, he goes from being a poor kid to being a poor kid who people understand can rap. And exactly. that's a, it's a great jump. It's true. <laughs> it's a good list. Origin movies. I love you don't like them as much. I love them. I love origin movies. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's awesome. That whole the whole thing about normal person becoming extraordinary. I, I eat it up. And most of America does. That's why they make so much fucking money off of them. But I understand because right. they're pretty formulaic why you wouldn't love them. But I do. Mm hmm. 
I'd rather just see them be extraordinary already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, other than Rocky. Other than Rocky. Another another great mm-hmm. thing, by the way, about Spider-Verse, because you get both. A lot of fun this week. I love talking this stuff in Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Hit us up on the tweets five. at un- five underscore Cody Michael underscore Seth O'Ott underscore. That's terrible. <laughs> that is the worst. <laughs> underscore. I don't know. No. I, don't, I slipped out of Schwarzenegger and into something else, and I don't know what the other thing Stroke was. Stroke patient. <laughs> you were that woman who got orgasmed to death. <laughs> underscore. He, lick, he licked my pussy. <laughs> I lick Mary. I don't feel good about that. I don't want. I don't want anyone hearing that. Um, no, you're gonna leave it in the tweets. Someone fucking tweeted at us <laughs> at Soko Showpod at underscore Cody Michael and at Seth O'Watt. Uh, let us know what origin stories we missed out on, or uh, let us know how you would correct correct our lists. Let's move on to some news from the world of television. That's what she said. TV. I don't know why, but when I said that, it reminded me of the old sounder we had where it went, television. And, <laughs> and that was so bad. <laughs> they were great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, news. Let's talk news. You mentioned Oliver Queen a second ago, and uh, we have some distressing news for fans of his coming out of the CW. Yeah, I'll, uh, Arrow is going to be ending next season um, with a 10-episode run, likely around the time the crossover either is over or starts or whatever. But uh, Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen, he put a video up and, and his contract actually ended at the end of this season. They convinced him to do, and he actually talked to them and kind of brought it up too, of doing uh, season eight and doing a short run and kind of finishing out in, in a way that made sense. And um, they were even had talks, maybe continuing the show without him, but that wouldn't have made a ton of sense. So they are going to end it now uh, with the next season with a 10 episode run. And he was pretty emotional. Stephen Amell was, but he also knew that it was time to end the show. So I'm glad they're getting a chance. I mean, I've enjoyed this, this newest season a lot Um, in the last two seasons. Honestly, I've enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, They like, I think I've talked before. They, they brought it back to a little bit more basics, not as many like meta human type stuff going on. And, and, you know, made it made it more based on the world of realism a bit, and I think they're setting things up next season for it to come to a good end. They're do I think I've talked about too. They do they're doing flash forwards this season, and I think a lot of that will be incorporated into the final run. My hope actually is that the flash forward is really what we see in the last season, the last ten episodes, um, or, or majority of it, because I think well, what they set up there, there there's interesting paths to take. So. Uh, I'm excited though. I mean, I, I'm ex- it's sad to see it go because it's been on since, fuck, you know, we were in college. Uh, fuck, <laughs> so, that makes me feel old and young. Yeah, so it's it's weird. I mean, it's been on the show for it's been on the in it'll be on the air for eight years by the time it's done next year. So, you know, it it'll be uh, it'll be sad to see it go, but it also it's good that they're getting to do an, an end and not you know just keep doing episodes for the sake of doing episodes without Stephen Amell. Yeah, anytime a show gets to have its logical conclusion and it gets to be written as an ending is a great thing. I, I think it's something to be mm-hmm. excited about. So, uh, And it does seem to be time, uh, just from what I hear mm-hmm. from people who watch. Uh, maybe it was time a couple years ago, but it sounds like it's been uh, better lately. So uh, we will bid farewell to uh, to Oliver Queen and the Team Arrow uh, in this Although, fall. not 100%, because he did mention in his video that, because obviously the Arrowverse is still going on, um, they... 
like Batwoman's coming out and all that stuff. And and he did mention that, kind of hinted that he might be in the crossovers and stuff uh, in the Ooh. future. So, yeah. So it, it you know it's not a complete goodbye. He said, but it's uh, you know it's the show will be done and and it's in its run. So yeah, huh? Well, that is pretty cool. Uh, that's what my exes say. They may they may possibly come back for a crossover later on. Uh, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to another piece of news. Here's a show uh, not a lot of people have seen, but it's one that I know you have enjoyed, The Santa Clarita Diet. And we know when we're going to get, I think, a third season of that show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 29th is the newest season premiere. It's a little bit more popular than I think you, you might um, notice. Um, I've, I've seen... A pretty decent amount of chatter online and stuff for this. So I, you know, I, I'm excited for it. I like the first two seasons. It's kind of one of those shows where it's, you know, you can just turn it on and not really have to get, you know, invest too much. It's just, it's just to turn it on, you know, laugh a little bit, you know, you enjoy the, the family and stuff, but you know, it's a good time. It's, it's a, it's a good show. Santa Clarita diet, of course. Uh, is that Drew Barrymore? It is Drew Barrymore. It, it is. And Timothy Oliphant. I love both of them. Uh, suburban mom becomes a, a walking zombie so interesting premise i've seen a couple episodes i do enjoy it i mean that might be one i pick up i am on the hunt for something new uh, and i will be on the hunt for more new stuff soon so santa clarita diet uh march 29th you can check out season three on netflix another season three has been announced this has been a summer show that you've been pretty high on for the last two years yeah the center is getting a season three uh with matt bomer in the lead for this one uh, bomer. He, he's from, he's from uh suits i think is what he was on? He's been in a few things. I don't know. Uh, White Collar yeah. is the show you're thinking of. White Collar, that's what it is. They're all fucking, that's a, is that a spinoff of Suits? <laughs> it's uh, one of those USA Cool Guy shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty much all USA has. Burn Notice, Las Vegas. They know drama and reruns of WB shows. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, lots of exciting. Anyway, Sinner's uh, coming back uh, <laughs> with Matt Bomer oh, yeah. and uh, Bill Bill Pullman will be in. So he's he's the guy who's been in the first two seasons. Um, he'll be in the season as not, not the lead role this time. It's going to be kind of, again, supporting role like he was for the first season. So, uh, A lot of accolades for season uh, one of The Sinner. I don't know as much about season two. You liked it, but not as much as Jessica yeah. Biel, right? Yeah, well, I mean, come on, Jessica Biel. Mm. You know what? 69. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant to <laughs> The six. I gotta move. The sixty nine button is right next to. (laughs) (laughs) I like. uh, We. I feel dirty. Like like I usually feel kind of silly when we talk about like dumb shit and like about hot chicks. Now I feel dirty. <laughs> that sounder just made me feel so gross. That's that's the new sounder for hot chicks. <laughs> oh, I gotta move that on the keyboard. It's right next to the horn. I, that's I'm amazed. Yeah, that's the first you know time that's that happened. gets sixty nine. Sixty nine. You know what? Like I'm I'm looking at the keyboard now, and also right next to the horn. I could have gone with oh oh uh, oh oh. <laughs> Uh, that'd have been really funny too. jessica biel does but, certainly have the right stuff so <laughs> it took me it took me a second too because like I'm a, it, it was like i know that's not the usual sound but it also kind of made sense so <laughs> yeah that was definitely... i didn't know if like you were trying something new like a new bit or something but no yeah. i was not but now we, we may have accidentally just fallen ass backwards into a bit so we'll see uh there you go whether or not that continues uh let's get the fuck but, out of tv but... news <laughs> 
If I'm doing 69, I don't want it to be an ass-backwards one. Oh, my God. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, let's get far, far away from TV news and into this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Damn it, I love that sounder. It's a good one. It's funky. Seth has found a quote from a movie. I need to find out who said it and in what movie. This, this is a really simple segment. I don't even need to probably it introduce it. Simple in, in uh, I guess, in, in the creation, but not always simple in the execution on your end. That's true. Uh, you know what else is just like that? 69. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used that in a month. We've used it five times today. All right, what's the quote? You're kind of forcing it. Yeah. Gross. You know, you know what you don't want to uh, force? 69. <laughs> All right, here's your quote. I'm not a soft taco. I'm a hard, horny taco. <laughs> this seems like something I should remember. You, do you know for a fact I've seen this movie? Yes, I've seen it with you. It's not Hot Tub Time Machine, is it? It is not. I'm not a soft taco. I'm a hard, horny taco. Definitely going to clip that for a sounder later. Oh, is that Blockers? No, <sighs> but you're on, you're, on the, you're on the right track. I'm on the right track with blockers. Um, is uh, it... No, never mind. Never mind. Made by different people. Is it game night? Nope. I always think of blockers and game night together. I'll give you a hint. It's an animated movie. <laughs> is, is it sausage party? <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, uh, is it the bread? Is it the, is it Kristen no. wig? No, I think it's a taco. It's an actual taco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. I, you won't guess it. It'll take too long. Uh, it's uh, Selma Hayek voicing Teresa the Taco. Oh, okay, yeah. So man, you know Selma Hayek can absolutely get it. I got it right that time. Sixty-nine. <laughs> I. You know what though? No, I'm not going there. <laughs> Selma Hayek is a hard, horny taco in this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Great stuff this week in making the quota. Uh, anytime we can talk about horny tacos, it's a, it's a happy week for me. Uh, let's move on, and we have a few things to talk about in the world of movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So here's where I want to start. Something I'm very excited about. In seven days from the release of this podcast, seven we will days. have the release of one of my, and I think one of your most highly anticipated movies of this year, and it is Jordan Peele's Us. And uh, just recently at South by Southwest, uh, the movie premiered. And so uh, some people have seen Us, and Seth, the reviews have been uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think it's still at 100% Rotten Tomatoes, so that's... Uh... That's pretty positive, I think. That's usually a good sign, right? <laughs> it's about as positive uh-huh. as it gets. If it could get to 101, it probably would. I, I'm definitely excited to see it. It sounds like it's uh, definitely has something to say in it, but it's also much more of a horror movie than Get Out was. So that doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> but but I'm very excited for it. I uh, cannot wait to, to get to the theater and see this one and have my testicles scared off me. I am very excited. Uh, it doesn't take much to scare my testicles off, but... It, uh, I'm sure will happen when I see us. This is, this is, I, I, you know, I, I've been trying to have tempered expectations. You never know what someone's sophomore movie is going to come out like. And, you know, he's staying in the realm of horror. 
And, you know, we, we know a little bit more about this movie than we did about Get Out going in. So I've been kind of trying to temper expectations. All that is out the window. As soon as I started seeing some of the headlines and reviews, I am all in for this movie. I have my ticket to see the Thursday night premiere. And I'm as excited as I'm ever going to be for any movie. So I'm very, very stoked to see us. It premieres. Any movie? Uh, pretty close. Pretty close. So I have Star Wars was my number one. And then Tarantino's uh, Hollywood maybe those are like 1A, 1B, and 1C would be us. That, that It's it's up there. I don't know how my list was when we did it back uh, a couple months back, but I'm pretty fucking charged Spider-Man movie coming out this year. You know what's funny is Spider-Man has totally just like fallen out of my consciousness. Yeah. I'm so revved up for Endgame, and then my, my mind yeah. is just skipping over Spider-Man, which is a shame, but also, I mean, pretty cool fucking year if I can forget Spider-Man's coming out. So Yeah, and you also, you also got... Uh... Probably the best Spider-Man movie that'll ever be made last year. So, <laughs> yeah, isn't it hard to think about like the MCU is going to have to live up to something Sony did? <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, speaking of the MCU and superheroes, wanted to make the folks aware of early screening opportunities for Shazam. Uh, Shazam is the uh, upcoming D- DC uh, hero movie starring Zachary Levi. Basically, it's big. A uh, small kid gets an opportunity to turn into a giant superhero and fly around and beat people up. It's got um, one of the kids from It, whose name is escaping me right now. Mm, Jack Dylan Grazer is the kid's name. He's great. He plays kind of the kid's sidekick uh, to Zachary Levi Shazam. I'm very excited to see this movie. Early screening's happening uh, two weeks from now on the... Actually, sorry, one week from the release of this podcast. 21st, uh, I think. The 23rd. 23rd of March. 23rd, yeah. Uh, If you have Fandango, you can get early tickets. So uh, check out your Fandango app and see if there's an early screening near you. You might get a hold of Shazam two weeks early. So keep an eye out for that one. Wanted to make the folks aware. And then, let's see. One other thing that we want to talk about in movies, and it's an interesting thing. We don't talk about a lot of documentaries on this show, um, other than a couple. I know last year we talked about Won't You Be My Neighbor and Three Identical Strangers. But there is one on (laughs) HBO right now that has uh, the whole world kind of buzzing, and it raises a lot of interesting questions. And Seth went ahead and watched Leaving Neverland, which uh, has to do with Michael Jackson and his uh, allegations of inappropriate, you know, kid stuff. Uh, in the early 90s so Seth what were your what were your thoughts I'm interested to talk about this just generally but what were your thoughts on the actual documentary I mean the 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 documentary itself was very well done um it's you know it's it's all interviews with the families uh it's two main families uh a kid named Wade Robson and Jimmy something I can't remember the other guy's last name he's a little less featured because Wade Robson's actually kind of a celebrity he he is a big choreographer um, he did all of like Britney Spears music videos and NSYNC's music videos and, and all that stuff back in the day, uh, as a pretty young guy, he's in his twenties, I think when all that's going down. So, uh, and he's, he's super talented. I, I mean, I, from the limited exposure to choreography that I've seen, you know, being, being friends with you, um, seeing his videos and that thing is like that pretty impressive. So I think, um, you would like it for that part, like a very small part, but you would, you would enjoy seeing that, but the rest of the movie is not enjoyable to watch. Uh, the rest of the documentary is not enjoyable to watch. There is just, it, it's uh, very sickening and gross and, and you know, very, it's it exposes so much stuff. And, and there's been a lot of backlash uh, on online of, you know, people who still support Michael Jackson and, and you know, believe him and the family saying he never did this stuff. But there's so much stuff in this documentary that, 
you know, points towards points towards him doing this, that it, it's, I don't know how anyone could possibly <laughs> believe that he didn't do it. It's, and it doesn't, you know, this, this doesn't, this documentary never gives the other side of the story, which, you know, knowing the title and everything, you probably would guess that. But the way that there's been, you know, the, the only story really has ever been the other side of the story, you know, with, with, with Michael Jackson, you know, him being acquitted and all that stuff and people defending him and, um, you know, I think unfortunately dying kind of helped cover that up for him mm-hmm. because people, oh, he's dead. We should celebrate him. And, and, you know, that was around the time that people were still being like, this guy's a creep. This guy's a creep. We should look into this. And then he dies and people are like, oh, never mind. He's not a creep. He's a hero. And now, you know, 15 years later or whatever, after he's died, 10, 15 years later, he's, this is finally starting to come out and, and hearing all these stories and how the way they line up and, and all the, ev- you know, kind of, it's not really evidence because it's not hard evidence, but it's, you know, evidence uh, from just the stuff that has been reported is, is way too overwhelmingly uh, clear to me anyway. And, and I'm already, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording. I'm, I've already kind of thought this about him. I've never been the type of guy who's, I've never been a huge mega fan of Michael Jackson. You know, I like some of his songs or whatever, but I, just hearing the stories back when I was a kid, you know, him hanging his kid over the side of a balcony and, and hearing two or three kids, you know, have these claims against, like, it's it's hard to, even just hearing a claim, you know, one claim against someone for doing this and then just seeing how weird that fucking person is that they're claiming against, it for me, it was, like, pretty clear that he, you know, if, if he didn't outright molest these kids, that he's been doing some weird stuff with them. And then the, these stories coming out, I wasn't shocked to hear it. Like some of the stuff is shocking, but I wasn't like, oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't believe he did it. I'm like, it's this is really fucked up. It's it, I don't know. It's for me what I would say, you know, for people who don't believe that Michael Jackson did this stuff, you should watch it. Um, not just for the fact, like it, I think it'll make you, you know, actually see you know, what happened, but also just, you know, you're, I wouldn't say, I, I, I don't want to be too harsh on it, but like, for me, it's just like, they're, they're, it's always been clear. And so if you're supporting him and, and adamantly supporting him, watch this thing first. Um, and, and you'll, you'll probably have a different opinion. If you've already believed that he's a creep and, and all that stuff, I would say, don't put yourself through it, to be honest. It's, it's really well done, but it's also super tough to get through. I, I I'm, I, you know, I have a pretty strong emotional barrier to this type of stuff. I, you know, usually I'm not affected by a lot of movies or documentaries and things like that. Uh, this one, I was having trouble sleeping. I had to watch this over three nights and I was having trouble sleeping all three of those nights, especially, well, the last night I think I'd seen enough and also Oprah helped me through it at the end, mm. um, with, <laughs> with her, spe- she has a special, which if you do watch this hundred percent, watch her special after, um, it's, it's also on HBO. She talks to. Wade Robson and the other guy, Jimmy, uh, and the director of the movie, um, about everything that happened, um, post filming and, and, uh, you know, they go deeper into, you know, sexual assault and, and molestation and things like that because they, the entire crowd they have during the Oprah thing is people, survivors of, of molestation and sexual assault, assault and stuff like that. So, uh, it's, it's just a crowd full of that and, and it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, interesting uh just to watch i would say watch that honestly if you don't want to put yourself through the entire four-hour documentary if you already believe that michael jackson's a creep watch the oprah thing just watch the oprah thing that you know that'll that'll get your point across yeah it's tough it's a really tough sit it's a tough watch and 
you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's you know, it's there's there's really no not good not something good you can say about uh the whole situation because it's you know, it it yeah, he's dead and not doing this to kids anymore, but what really did that help? You know, it it the this documentary's helping and it's helping bring more light to it, but it's also causing a lot of controversy too. So it just sucks. It, it's it's a whole shitty situation and and like I said, with a documentary, watch it if you don't believe, you know, the, the the guys, if you do believe them, at least watch the after, it's called After Neverland with Oprah. So this is, um, that for whatever reason, I I went to straight to a joke, and that's that after the Oprah part, you can watch Talking Neverland with Chris Hardwick. Um, <laughs> this, this raises an interesting, and we're always talking about this question, especially in recent years with people being fucking creeps all the time, is can we separate the art from the artist? Right. And not in this case. And Michael Jackson is a very hard case because it seems very clear cut that he did some bad shit. Um, but people are so in love with his music that I think if there is, if there is a case, like I never need to see Kevin Spacey again. Cause I liked Kevin Spacey. I liked his movies, but like not enough for it to fucking like, it's easy for me to go fuck Kevin Spacey. I'm never watching his stuff again. But like the love for Michael Jackson's music goes back so far and is so deep in some people that it's really hard to unseat that. And I think that's why you get a lot of people kind of vehemently pushing back and saying he didn't do it. And you know, they just scream at you and say he didn't do anything wrong because they don't want to give up his music and what it means to them. So it's, it brings up a very, and I don't have the answer to this. It's just, it just brings up a really interesting question because it's easy to do when it's Bill Cosby and I don't watch the fucking Cosby show. I don't need to do that. But when it's something that you actually really love and then you have to give it up, that, that's where you have to kind of, I don't, you have to kind of put your money I, where your mouth is in those cases. I don't know if that's a hundred percent fair comparison either though, because yeah, music might mean a lot more to you or to some people, but um, you know, the, the Cosby show, for example, could be someone's childhood. So, I mean, you know, it's, I don't think it's, you know, music versus movies or anything like that. Yeah. I think part of, you know, the art loving an artist, but I, you know, I loved Kevin Spacey. I loved House of Cards. Not going to watch that again. The thing, if if you, for me, especially the Michael Jackson thing, that dude is a complete fucking monster. And if you hear half of the shit that's in that documentary, I don't think you'd listen to his music again. It's, it's that bad. Like it's, it is that fucking bad. Like you... Honestly, right now you couldn't you couldn't think of the stuff he did, and I, I'm telling you that right now. You there's no no way you could think of the stuff that he made these kids do. He made these families do. Um, it's it is absolutely atrocious. It really is. And like people killed them. Like multiple people killed themselves in the family because of the stuff that happened. It's it is so fucked up. And. I, I don't think you would want to listen to Michael Jackson's music ever again if you watch this thing. That is a very real possibility. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it sounds fucked up. I've, I've been putting off watching it. I, I do want to watch it, um, but I've got time commitments that prevent me from sitting down for five hours, and I don't want to be emotionally fucked up for a week after seeing it yet. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's such a weird... I think, I, think that's, I think that's why you get pushback from people. Um, but it's an interesting, it's, it, it confuses me and it fucks my, it like, it makes me emotionally shook up to have to think about how horrible he was. Um, and it's at odds with a part of me. Like, I love, I've always loved Michael Jackson's music. And so it's, and I'm even probably to a lesser extent than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it emotionally unsettles me to think that he's a bad guy. 
Um, you know, it's like if, uh, and, and I'm not saying he's not, I'm you know, that's not, I don't, but, um, it's a hard thing to come to terms with uh, when it's someone that you're, you're such a big fan of and you think this is a fucking horrible human being and you're not supposed to like them. It's a difficult thing and it's an unsettling thing. And it's something that I think that we all have to continue to kind of talk about. Um, but, uh, but I think that it certainly is good to have these things come out. You know, some people will say like, uh, who cares? He's dead. But like, it's good that like people need to know about these things. And if anything mm-hmm. else, it might inspire someone else to come out and, and say what happened to them and, and, and all of this same thing with like me too, that's been going on. It, it encourages people to come out and, and share their experiences and cause people should get theirs. You know, if they are shitty, we're seeing the same thing with R. Kelly. It looks like he's going to get his. So it's, um, it's a hard thing to, to do, to, to, to admit to yourself and to everybody that this guy sucks. Um, but, uh, I think it's necessary, right? It's, it's a growing pain of the, of culture, like we're, of culture and of humanity is like, we're going to have to start holding people account and accountable for this shit. Um, even though Kareem Hunt gets to continue to play in the NFL, but like the, the, we're going to have to start holding everyone accountable and not letting them off the hook because of what they mean to us for other reasons. Um, mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing, but I think it's a place we're going to have to get to. And he, this is, this is as hard, uh, an example of this as I think that we've had yet. And yes, there, yes, people were great, big fans of Bill Cosby and everything. Um, and it, it's, so maybe he's co- comparable, but, uh, it's a really interesting thing to hear people talk about. And I try not to like really weigh in on one side or the other. Cause I just really don't fucking, it's really hard for me to form a full fledged opinion on it. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying whether or not he did it. I, 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 I don't weigh in on that. But, um, I, I think that he was obviously doing fucked up shit. Um, but I don't know what those things were and I don't, I don't need to scream yeah. at someone about him. But, um, I think what we do with that information is what's really interesting to hear people discuss. And I think it's, and this is way, way more real than we ever get on this show, but I think it's important. And, mm-hmm. and we have to, we've had to deal with it. How many fucking times on this show have we had to talk about fucking Kevin Hart and Kevin Spacey? And yeah. uh, we haven't really talked about R. Kelly, but now Michael Jackson comes up. Like this is going to be a thing that we're going to have to talk about. And I know I said a couple weeks ago when we talked about Kareem Hunt, let's forget about what he did and talk football. I, I said that and I regret saying that now because we can't do that anymore. I don't think. And so at some, we're going to have to start addressing this stuff and, and th- maybe it's good that this stuff comes out. I don't know. I think it's, I think there's also, I mean, I don't think this is all this stuff is cut and dry. I think there's, there are levels and I think there are, uh, you know, it's almost just like the law, you know, in a way it's like, you know, you can, you know, speeding is, is less, of a crime than murder and the same thing, same thing with like this type of stuff. It's like, you know, um, trying to think of a, like we've talked about Aziz, what would happen with Aziz? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the speeding ticket. You know, he, he gets a slap on the wrist. He, you know, he, pay, he pays his dues and, you know, people can still choose whether or not they want to, you know, like his stuff. And I, you know, people can still choose whether they like they, whether they, you know, like Kevin Spacey or listen to, to MJ. But I think MJ is the equivalent of, you know, murder. I, I th- like the, just the, the things that he did, the unimaginable things that he did, or at least to these stories. But there isn't hard, like I said, there isn't hard, hard evidence with this MJ stuff, but there's enough accounts and from people who had never talked before and, how similar and weird they are. Um, I, I think something like this is like that equivalent of murder where, you know, I've, I'm never going to listen to Michael Jackson by my own choosing again. Um, I won't sit there and sing a Michael Jackson song. You know, I, it's not, I, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, I would leave a bar or something like that. Cause that's hard to do. 
you know, it's it's not because I'm alcoholic, because you know, of other <laughs> circumstances. But I think it's just one of those things. Like I would never ever support him in any way whatsoever again. And people, I think people personally, I think people who do that haven't that have watched it or or refuse to watch it because they're such fans. I think that is a problem. And I think people need to have all the information, like you said. So um, it's going back to this fucked up million percent. And it's, uh, you know, now I'm going to change my thing. Watch it no matter what, no matter what you think, watch it. Because I think people need to know what really happened. Um, if, if there's any doubt whatsoever, people need to know what happened to these kids. So, yeah, I'm, it's weird to say, but I'm excited to watch it. Like I, I do, I want to see it and I'm going to watch it soon. Uh, even though I know it's just going to fuck a few days up for me, but it's like you said, mm-hmm. it, it seems important. And, uh, you know, it, and this it's, it's the, the goal of a documentary is to wake people up to something they weren't thinking about. So I guess in that regard, they did a good job here. Um, cause it's all over the news. Um, it's an interesting thing. So um, we're going to go to Vegas next weekend. Uh, Vegas, very popular for Cirque du Soleil, and they have an entire show dedicated to Michael Jackson's music. Uh, petitions are out to have it canceled and to end it. Hmm. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, I think it seems like a reasonable thing, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. A lot of stuff I think is going to continue to happen, not only on Michael Jackson, but all these other fucking weirdos uh, that we're having to deal with. So. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. It's a, it's a weird uh, tweet at tweet at us about this and what origin story is your favorite. <laughs> uh, so let us know uh, what your thoughts are on this and what you thought of the documentary. I'm literally sweating. That's how uncomfortable this conversation makes me, even though I think it's important and worth having. Uh, so let's move away from the movie section or at least uh, the, the conversation section and get into some trailers and reviews. Hopefully this will be a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, let's start with one that I know we both very much enjoyed. Um, and it was kind of a surprise, at least to me. Uh, the movie's called Good Boys. And it is from, um, that's a terrible, don't do it's it. It's about dogs. Don't do it. Um, no, I, I want the cute route. Okay. <laughs> it's about pups. Um, yeah. Jesus, it's, uh, <laughs> The movie's by uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who famously wrote like Superbad and a handful of other stuff. Uh, it's about these kids who are like, I think they're in middle school and it's like a total R rated comedy about crazy and weird shit that's happening to them. There's like sex stuff. That's like, they're finding dildos in places and they're trying to get beer and they, they're really naive. It seems like to everything that's going on. So like something really messed up is happening around them, but they don't really know like what it is. And so they're like, what's this? And it's like a fucking dildo or something. And it seems really weird on the, it's, this is a, seems like terrible timing to talk about right after what we just talked about. Oh yeah, it's really bad. But it, it's, it's, it's done as comedy and it seems like it's okay to laugh at. I don't know. I laughed my head off when I watched this trailer. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm very excited to see this one. Um, got some, I mean, it's got Seth Rogen and, and, uh, that, you know, that team who wrote it, um, the, uh, the, the black kid in this, he was in last man on earth. He was, he was, uh, he, he showed up and didn't say anything for a little while, but he was pretty funny in it. So, uh, I'm excited that he's getting a little opportunity to, to do some stuff too. And, um, yeah, it, it looks hilarious. Uh, very, very much a rated R, like just a kid version of super bad is kind of what it looks like. So I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, this one could be fun. Uh, these the the Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen uh, pair ups are something that I super bad one of my favorite movies ever. So I will be uh, I will be checking that one out. Uh, let's go to one I haven't seen but you have, and I frankly I don't know anything about this movie besides the title. It's called Booksmart. It's uh, so this one, and I, I uh, honestly I only watched the trailer through uh, Jared's reaction for At this Jared one. Um, 
There you go. He did reactions for both the actually all three of the trailers we're going to talk about. But this one is kind of a similar. It's like a it, it's a coming of age, um, you know, teen comedy. Uh, it's uh, with, with two girls who are they're very like goody two shoes. Uh, you know, don't get any trouble, don't go to parties, that type of thing. Very focused on grades and getting to a good college. And then they realize that. Uh, a lot of the their classmates also are getting into good colleges, but they partied all the time and you know did drugs and all this stuff. And so they uh, they're coming up to the end of their time in high school, and, and they want to live all that stuff too uh, that they didn't get to live because they were focusing on grades. So it's it's a lot of that stuff, you know, like the you know you know drinking and partying and all that stuff in the trailer. It looks funny though. I, I don't remember who's behind it, um, but it looks. Like a, it's it's definitely less over the top than than uh, Good Boys, but it is definitely has a you know some funny some funny jokes about the trailer, and I'm excited to check it out. It looks like it'll be a be a, a fun fun time. I think it's rated R too, but it's not you know not as like dildo heavy. So <laughs> sounds a, sounds a little bit similar um, to Blockers, which was a surprise surprisingly yeah. great comedy last year. Maybe without maybe with less parents. Um, but, uh, that one was a fun one. So maybe Booksmart uh, will be another good one in 2019. We've given a lot of time to Aladdin on this show and I need, honestly, I need to take a step back from what I've been saying because the first trailer came out from, and I know you're, I told you so I can feel you. I told you so through the fucking microphone right now, because <laughs> when we're looking at all these first looks and everything, and I said, it looks like a porno, you said, just wait, don't, don't put any stock in these uh, first images and everything. Just wait until you see some footage and then make a judgment. Uh, a trailer has been put out, and I actually really liked it. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're showing a little bit of the music, a little bit of how they move in this world, and you know, when when you're able to see um, the movement of the shots, it gives you a little more of a perception than a still does. And, and this, again, I told you so. I know. I really enjoyed this. I'm excited that they're singing a whole new world in the trailer. I really like the voice of uh, Jasmine, who uh, she can get it absolutely. <laughs> And um, sixty nine, <laughs> and I like what I'm seeing in Will Smith in this too. So I, I'm I'm mm-hmm. much more optimistic than I was before, and now I'm actually excited to see this. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you said. Um, I think they they kind of heard all of people's complaints, and you know, because they've put out a lot of footage already for this uh, through the you know the kind of the couple of trailers that they had. And so I think they listened to that and I think they wanted to show people, you know, what they actually have and not, you know, because I think part of the issue is keeping some stuff back and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that type of thing. And I think now they, they're just like, OK, here's what it's actually going to look like. Here's what it's actually going to feel like. I think the only thing that, you know, I still have maybe a little bit of trepidation, but I really don't care is uh, Jafar. His voice seems kind of weird. That actually that's still um, bugging me. That's still bugging me. But I'm, I'm like, OK, fine. Like, I'll give you that one. Yeah. I, I, I'm more excited to see it now too. Like, I mean, you know, like, like I said before, like I don't put much stock into the, especially the Disney trailers, but I wasn't like super, like when I saw the, the trailer for Lion King, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. I saw that again last and, week and I was so revved up. And this one, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll see it. I'll reserve my judgment for that, for the movie. And, and same thing here, like this trailer, I'm like, this gets me more excited. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to check out the full movie. Yeah, cool. Good trailer. Nice job recovering, Disney. Exactly. It really was. The thing with Jafar, I'm supposed to be afraid of Jafar, and it seems like they've taken him from scary badass to, like, tech douche. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, the bad guy in Venom was one of those tech douches. It's that He seems mm-hmm. tech douche to me, and I, it bothers me. I'm supposed to be afraid of him. I feel like I could beat him up. 
Um, so that, that's my thing. <laughs> um, but I am excited for Aladdin, and we'll see this summer uh, if it's as good as I hope it is. Uh, one more quickie, and this is a movie that we talked about a little while back that is, that is very high, again, on, on my highly anticipated movies, Brightburn. Superhero horror. Kid realizes he has uh, powers and then decides to fucking kill a bunch of people, I guess. Uh, So it looks like it's shot as horror. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is the lead playing his his, like adopted mom, uh, Martha Kent sort of figure. And Mm -hmm. I really dug what I saw in this trailer, dude. This kid is fucking scary. Um, Mm -hmm. The shots in this are really cool. I think it's it's an interesting kind of middle ground between superhero looking and horror looking. It, it's really weird to think of those two things meshing, but it seems like the way they shot it, it does mix. And it's interesting to see, and his powers are fucking horror. This is something we never, I mean, other than in the Batman versus Superman, never really thought about what if Superman was bad and wanted to fucking kill us. You have a pretty easy time doing it. And this kid is showing, showing us just that I'm soaked for this one. The, I mean, the first like 30 seconds of the trailer looks exactly almost like shot for shot of man of steel's trailer. Mm-hmm. There's the, like the corn and and the lighting is super similar, uh, with like the you know the the sun sunset type of stuff and and all that. Um, I think he has the same exact powers as Superman. I think he you know laser eyes and strength and flight and all that. Um, he has like the symbol. It looks like an eight instead of an S type thing too. So it's uh it's I mean it's it's Superman but bad. Mm-hmm. You know it's bad Superman Superboy. It's funny too because like the the name of the movie Brightburn is the name of the town mm-hmm. like Smallville. So that's kind of funny. That's a nice oh, little nod too. Oh fuck! I didn't pick that up. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's. I'm excited for it. I, I think it'll be. I mean, I'm not a huge James Gunn fan to begin with, but I think I think it'll be. This one's different enough, and there's not going to be, uh, you know, like fart jokes throughout. Hopefully, so <laughs> I, I think it should. I, I'm excited for it. It'll, it looks cool. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, this is one will be. I think it's May. It's it's not not too far away. Uh, coming up soon, Brightburn. Uh, we'll be there on night one. So. Uh, Go see it and or come uh, see what we thought of it on the SoCo show. Let's move forward from trailers. By the way, you can link to all those trailers and to Jared's reviews of those trailers in the description box. So make sure you're checking that out and get over to the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall for what Jared's got cooking over there. A couple of reviews before we round out the show today. Uh, we're going to finish with uh, the big one of the week, Captain Marvel. But before we get there, uh, Seth has seen a couple other movies recently that he wanted to talk about. So what do you got first for us? Uh, real quick, I'll mention uh, Fighting With My Family. It came out um, right before we uh, did the Oscar thing um, that when Cody was here. So I didn't really get to review that. But just real quick, that's the, the movie about um, the WWE wrestler Paige and her story of, of basically coming from England to you know becoming the women's champion or divas champion at the time and her first night. And it's a really interesting story. It's actually a documentary for free online on YouTube about it, uh, that, that the movie's based off of. So, um, you know, that, that's something cool to check out if you're interested at all. Uh, but the, the movie itself is, is uh, really well done. It's written directed by Steven Merchant. He's in it too. So he, you know, he's the co-creator of the office with Ricky Gervais. Um, it's got, a, it's got some really good, uh, humor in it actually with Nick Frost is in it too. I know they're good friends. Lena Headey is in it as well. Um, she plays Paige's mom. Florence Pugh plays Paige. She she's, she does a really good job. Now, me knowing the source material really well, and uh, you know, knowing it from the beginning, essentially, I you know had some nitpicks and things like that. For me, it was hard to buy in that this girl was Paige because you know I know who the actual Paige is and I felt have followed her very closely. But she does a good job of of kind of uh, getting some of the f- essence of her in there. 
the family dynamic is really good. They they, they have a, they're really funny together, and you can tell they really care about each other and things like that. The wrestling part was re- was really cool too. Now they changed a lot. They took a lot of liberties there, but I thought they did a good job with it. the The heart of the story was there. Vince Vaughn was a was really good in this movie. He plays like the trainer. He's like a he's an amalgamation amalgamation of a bunch of different people from from the WWE, WWE all these people that I know. But they did a good job of combining all of them and. Uh, he, he's he's hilarious too. He has a lot of really good one-liners. He kind of plays like a almost like a drill sergeant, and so he's making he's like just tearing down people constantly in this movie. So it's it's pretty funny. The Rock's in it for a few moments. Uh, he he you know he does his rock thing. Um, for me as a wrestling fan, though, it's really cool to see some some of this stuff on screen. Um, the movie starts with The Rock's entrance music, so I was pretty hyped right away. But no, it's it's just it's a lot of fun. It's it's a really fun movie. It's a heartwarming movie. Uh, had me tearing up a couple times just because it's you know, wrestling and, and, you know, I care about it in a weird way, but if you even don't know the story that well, or, you know, that type of thing, I think there's something to get out of it for everyone. So it's definitely a recommend, especially while it's coming out of the last few weeks in the theaters. Maybe, maybe the best movie about a uh, ass kicking female that we're going to talk about on this show. Um, I'm <laughs> dropping a lot of hints at, uh, at our final review here, but uh, you saw one other movie before we get into the big one. Uh, St. Judy which is a movie I know nothing about, so please enlighten us. Yeah, It's about another kind of ass-kicking female. Um, it's, uh, so St. Judy is about Judy Wood, who is a an, an attorney, um, who was really the, the, the person who fought for, like, asylum rights, you know, for people from other countries who, you know, being treated poorly by the government or whatever, especially for women. She, she was the one who kind of... Um, kind of found loopholes in that law and created new areas for especially women to to have asylum and that's what this this movie is uh, is mostly about michelle monahan plays the judy woods oh, um who I, I i i think i've heard this before but it's something i always forget she's from winthrop iowa that's where she was born that is right which is re- i do always forget that. that's really isn't that really weird that's a tiny like, that's a tiny t- i wouldn't go to the bathroom a, in that town my grandma lived there um, for many years, um, but it, yeah, it's a super, super, super small town. And I didn't even like I, I pulled up her on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, it said it said Winthrop, Iowa, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's so weird. Uh, but she does a great job. She plays Judy Wood. Um, she uh, th- th- this it's a kind of a different because it's a courtroom biopic, but it's not a hundred percent like it's not a ton of courtroom stuff. It's mostly about actually her life. And how it fits into the asylum stuff. It's about her life, and it's kind of more of an up, more of an upbeat biopic. Like it's there's a lot of like kind of fun music in it. Her and her relationship with her son is really cool. Um, it's it's one of those like you come out like it's not it's not super deep, but like it's deep enough, and it makes you root for the characters. But it's it's one of those things like you're you know you're happy for one when you leave it, and it's it's throughout the entire thing. It's just it's showing her and her. Uh, Judy, I mean, and her uh, positivity and, and, and fighting for what's right and things like that. And, and so it's, it's not one of those things. It's a a movie that moves fast and it's, it's not one of those that just like, you know, drags on and it's pretty, it's pretty well paced. I, I had no expectations going into this and I had a really good time with it and, and really enjoyed it as a whole. And the performances were really good. It's one of those, I don't, it it was in the theater for a week here for me. Um, and it's probably not one that's going to be in most theaters, but it's one of those that you should definitely check out later on. If it's ever on Netflix or HBO or whatever, it's, it's worth your time. And it's, it's, 
I learned a lot too with it because of this asylum stuff. I didn't really know a whole lot about asylum law and it's interesting to hear about now. So it's one that I definitely recommend checking out. There you go. The movie is St. Judy. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, 61 on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, 88% of Google users like it. So um, Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of people are on the same page as you. I love Michelle Monaghan, so I'm going to keep an eye out for this one as well. Uh, I think probably the main reason it's not higher in tomatoes is it's not like a, it's not, you know, like I said, it's, it's more of an upbeat thing mm-hmm. and it, it does kind of, it, there's times where it does kind of beat you over the head with like, uh, I don't say beat you over the head, but it, it's one of those that pushes very hard, like the, you know, women's movement and things like that. So uh, I think maybe some people might say it's propaganda or, you know, that type <laughs> of shit, you know, dumb, dumb critics like that. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's like I said, very positive message and, and it's, it's something you can just, you know, Put on, learn a little bit, and, and just, you know, feel good watching it. So, Well, speaking of those uh, those people that talking about that propaganda, uh, there was a lot of controversy <laughs> around our next movie, uh, the first MCU movie led by a female. Uh, it is Brie Larson in Captain Marvel. So uh, highly anticipated movie, uh, of course, a big deal for the ladies especially, uh, and a big deal as it relates to the Avengers universe as we go into uh, Endgame. So uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about Captain Marvel. We're going to do a little bit of a spoiler section in a second because I have some MCU questions that I need to ask. And um, But before that, uh, just general thoughts. Uh, what did you think of Captain Marvel? Um, I had a good time with it. it. You know, it's, it's like I said, I'm not a huge fan of origin movies. But as far as origin movies go, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that I thought the action was really cool. The CGI was pretty well done, except for a couple things with, like her face. I noticed a few times um, when she had the mask on. Mm-hmm. I think she's. I, I I think Captain Marvel itself is going to be pretty cool in terms of the Avengers. I think it's going to be a fun, you know, fun piece to put in there. You know, I I liked I liked Ben Mendelsohn as uh, I can't remember the scroll's name, but uh, he was the main scroll. Um, I like her and Sam Jackson together. Um, I like some of the music throughout it. It was, you know, it was a brighter one. I actually enjoyed some of the space stuff too, which I normally don't. Um, I enjoyed some of the space stuff. I thought, you know, maybe some of the, I would have liked to have them spend more time with her, more, more of her being like her actual origin, like her being in the air force and then more like her relationships there. Essentially, more time on Earth is what I would have liked, but I did enjoy the space stuff that was there. I just thought, I thought the way they set it up was kind of jumbled a bit, um, with kind of going back and forth with her in the Air Force and then current times and all that stuff. But as a, as a whole, like you know, I I didn't hate it, didn't love it. I thought it was good. You know, I thought it was fine. It was a it was a nice little for me, a nice little lead into uh, Avengers, and I'm excited for Avengers. Yeah. Um... I disagree with you a few times. Um, I did not think this was very good. Um, I I think it was shiny and fun in parts, and so I had an okay time at it. I, did, I wasn't pissed when I left, but as I think about this movie now, and even while I was in it, I was pointing out things that, like, I just I don't think this movie was made very well. And, and I think that it was it was glossed. Everything is, is glossy and cool-looking, and, you know, they get the fun music and stuff like that. And that's that's exciting and cool. And it makes for a fun movie-going experience. But I don't think this is a good movie. I have so many things I should have written a list. Um, I think the stuff about the 90s is totally unnecessary. It doesn't add anything to the plot other than it's, you know, before the MCU. But, like, they just beat you over the fucking head with the fact that it's the 90s in, like, 
the most hacky ways. Like if I, if you and I sat down and we're like, let's write a movie about the nineties, Seth, what are the five things we need to include? Like the first most obvious five things are the things they use in the nineties, like blockbuster troll dolls, Nirvana, and one or one or two other slow internet. Like it's, it seemed very hacky and hacky is a term I'll use a lot as, the, as I talk about this movie, because like, I thought the 90s stuff was very hacky. I thought the feminist stuff was really hacky. And I, I like, I just fucking included, I have female friends. I'm not a sexist. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this, I, it, and this is, a, this is a tricky thing because it almost makes me, it makes me think harder about Black Panther. Did, do I like Black Panther or do I like Black Panther because I'm black? And I, I don't know if I was a woman, would I appreciate some of the things? And there's a scene with a guy on a motorcycle in this movie that I thought was so just like, here you go, feminists, here's the scene you want. And it's so not, it just, it seemed very like not well thought out and just like very obvious. They didn't do anything to subvert exactly what you expected. And um, I think there's super clunky dialogue in most of this. And the dialogue is so bad in this that I think it makes Brie Larson look bad. I didn't like her in this. Um, She does what they asked her to, but they didn't ask her to do anything good. I think a highlight for me was Nick Fury in this. Um, I think Sam Jackson is doing some of his best stuff that we've seen in the MCU here. Uh, he's, he's going outside of what we know as Fury. And uh, I think they did an incredible job of de-aging him in this. I, not for a fucking yeah. second did I consider that he wasn't you know, 20 years younger. That was incredible. Which made me all mm-hmm. the more pissed when they had the sloppy rubber man, crappy face CGI when she's fighting. How can you do one and not the other? I don't know. But some of the CGI when she was fighting was bothersome. And you said you like the combat in this. I really don't like the combat in this because she's so powerful. She just shoots shit out, shoots shit out of her hands that it makes for super not compelling fights. It reminds me of um, Indiana Jones when the one guy wants to sword fight with him and he just shoots him. Like that's how she fights. And there are sequences where she does some acrobatic kind of karate stuff, but then she just shoots the guy. So like I, I thought the the combat was really not compelling here, and I think that's a problem for the bigger MCU, and we'll get to the MCU in a second. But the cat in this, like, ugh, the fucking like every time the cat was on screen, I was like, oh fucking brother, it's a cat. Like <laughs> everyone in my theater is just dying laughing, and so there's a lot in this. I thought all the comedy was really hacky. It just seemed all very hacky and not well thought out. It seems like they just did the first thing that came to mind at every turn. There's a twist in this movie that I enjoyed quite a bit. I thought it was really interesting and cool. Um, we'll get to that in a second. And then they did, they did something with the origin story that was interesting to me where they kind of flipped things and they said, here's a superhero who has to learn about her secret identity. And I applaud the, the, the idea to go that route and to do something different with the origin story, but I don't think it works. So I'm glad they tried it. I don't think it worked well for this movie because it makes her less compelling. I care about her less because I don't know her as a human. I'm immediately shown how powerful she is and it, I'm, I'm never once afraid for her. The relationships she has with the people, with, with certain people become really confusing to me. And it's the way they play with the narrative of this story as it relates to time, like you mentioned, I think is a, is a detriment to this movie. I would have rather seen a more straightforward origin story here. Uh, and I know some of this comes from you know, the comic and her origin there. Um, but like, there's not much I really enjoyed about this movie, to be honest with you. I didn't, I think it's in the bottom half, maybe the bottom third of MCU movies for me. And there's just, there were, there are too many things. There are MCU movies where there are things I hated about it and it was okay. It was like, but still it's good. You know, 
there's too many things here for me to call this a good movie. And I, I, I put like this and if they hadn't done infinity war and their last two and their last, their last couple movies are Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then this, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing MCU? Because I, a lot of the similar problems with, with Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I don't know, it's it, it to sum it all up. And I've gone on for a while. Cause I, I, there's a lot of things I really disliked about this movie. It all seemed very hacky. That's, that's the problem with it. It seems like it was written by people who don't like think, you know, they just did the most obvious thing at every turn here. And that was, that was a problem for me. And I have more, I could go on for an hour, but, um, I'm less passionate about it than I was a, co- a couple days ago. I talked to our friend Lindsay about it and I, it, we she agreed with me on a lot of this and we got pretty heated about it. And, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it be. I will say this. Uh, I'm not going to shit on people who enjoyed this because they, I, I can see why someone would like it. It's shiny and fun and cool and there's fun music and it's a female beating ass and I'm all for that. And I'm all, especially for like women who like this. Like when I say the, the feminine stuff is very hacky in this and it made me go like, oh brother, like if that does it for, for your feminist bones, great, fucking awesome. Like, don't let me take that away from you. I just don't think this is a good movie. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care. Like I, I've thought about this too. But isn't that like, bullshit though? Like, I, I just don't. Not, not just about Captain Marvel. I just don't care about superhero movies that much in general. Like I'm very excited for them, and I, I look at them the way I look at su- shit when I was a kid. That's how. I, that's how I've been thinking about. Like, and I even thought even before I went into Captain Marvel, um, I, I, because I'd heard all the backlash and. I hear all the time because I listen to podcasts all day. Hear how pe- how passionate people get about and how angry people get about superhero movies. And for me, I'm just like I they're just stories. Like I look at these way differently than I look at an Oscar movie. Like with an I I don't and and maybe that's not fair to to you know the filmmakers, but I don't look at these as art. I look at these as is just like big dumb fun stories. All of them. I, all of them. I look at that. Whereas, like, I look at a movie like As a Star is Born as if, you know, that that is, I look at, like, people put in, you know, their their heart and all that stuff into it. And, and people do that superhero movies, too, but I just don't take them seriously. You know, I enjoy them and have fun with them, but I just don't take them seriously. So, you know, even the worst superhero movie, like Aquaman, I really didn't enjoy. That I didn't enjoy because I, at times, I felt like that was over-the-top dumb. At times, mm-hmm. same thing with like Batman and Robin, but like even for at least for the MCU, like a movie like Thor: The Dark World, didn't like that movie, but I'm not like fuck that movie, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll I'll never I don't think I'll ever be like that for a superhero movie. For me, it's just like you know, it was it was two hours or whatever that I went and saw, and like with Endgame, I was super pumped to that movie. I love that movie. I, I and I'm very excited or not Endgame sorry Infinity War but End in, in Endgame I'm very excited for I just like I see the movies I have fun with them it's like when I watched Spider Man as a kid on TV like that's how I still feel about it you know I'm excited for them they they make me turn off my brain for two hours or three hours or whatever all of them do that that I that's I guess that's the way I still look at them is is the way I looked at cartoons as a kid I turn my brain off I'm there for the ride when I'm done I turn it back and turn my brain back on. Whereas that's what I'm maybe trying to think. like a star is born. My, my brain is on the entire time mm-hmm. because I'm trying to analyze it as a film. Whereas like Marvel superhero movies, whatever, same thing. Like when I saw Alita, my brain is off. My brain is off the entire time. I'm just there for the ride. There's not much you could do to not make me have fun on the ride. Unless it's like terrible one-liners about, unless it's like you throw in Toto by Africa remixed by Pitbull. That's when I'm going to be upset. <laughs> 
I, but I'm, I'm glad. I just turn, like, I turn my brain a, off completely yeah. for those movies. I just don't put a lot of stock into them. I don't, I barely see them as movies, honestly, especially the MCU. It's like a big, long TV show, mm-hmm. you know? I, I really don't, honestly, I think that's what it is. I don't see them as movies. I just see them as stories. And I think that's why I don't get passionate about them. Like, I get excited for them, but I don't feel passionate. I'm not ready to, like, you can scream and yell as much as you want about how bad a, a superhero movie is, and I'm going to be fine with it, because I really don't care that much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm envious of that, because, and and you know me, dude, like, when I go to a movie, I'm in the movie. Like, I get, I get more into movies than most people. That's why I cry at all the fucking movies. Like, I get into movies, and I let movies take me where they want to go, but, like, I can't turn my brain that off. Like if I see, if, if there's something in there that is so fucking hacky and there's a lot of this in there, I can't not be like, Oh fucking brother. Are you kidding me? Like, and I, I don't, I think for me, I hold, I hold these movies at least on the same standard as other movies I see because they have a hundred and two hundred million dollar budgets and they've been working on it for how many years and they have Oscar award winning actresses and you can't give me a fucking decent movie. Like I, and I don't, I'm not going to yell and scream and say that anyone else shouldn't like this movie. Like, if you had a fun time, great, fucking awesome. But don't tell me it's a good movie. And I know you're not doing that. But, like, just don't tell me it's a good movie then. And I think that's, um, it's it's one thing to be fun and interesting, or fun and exciting. But, like, it's not, I, don't, I just don't think it was put together well as a, as a movie. And whether or not you needed that, fine. Um, but, uh, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to still critique them. And, uh, and this one was not good. And I've seen the MCU do it well. We just talked about Iron Man. Uh, Infinity War was great. Like they can make good movies. It just seems like they farted this one out for the sake of putting one out. And I, I don't know, it, it, a movie that, that, uh, costs as much as it does, as it does and makes as much as it does. And no one is going to see St. Judy. Like it's, it, it bothers me a little <laughs> bit. It bothers me just a little bit. And, uh, and I, and I still think they're critiquable. I, what I, what I dislike is people who are just like, it's fucking great. She's perfect. And that's just not fucking true. Sure. And, uh, and I get giving it more leeway if you're a fan of the MCU, like Spider-Man, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm apologist for Spider-Man three. I get it, but I, I, I've never, I've never said Spider-Man is great. See, I've said, that, I've said it. That one took me out of it because of the fucking dancing and pointing. That was yeah. This movie, that, this like that, I, Captain Marvel was like two thirds of it was dancing and pointing, and and maybe no, it was, maybe they didn't that. jump the shark to that level for you, but for me, like no, they, they got there not. pretty fucking quick. I don't know. I I think because I think if we looked at movies, if we were one person and went to, went into a superhero movie, um, I think we would that would be the perfect level of looking at a movie, mm-hmm. because looking at those movies because I think I am completely undercritical and you're completely overcritical especially the mcu movies that i think that's because we talked about it in text you've said before you go into a a marvel movie and you're challenging it you know and and i'm not saying that's a bad thing at all because it's not you know you you want you want your movies to live up to your expectations um i think the other thing that and that's it's really starting to piss me off with people who talk about movies is they say stuff with facts this movie is shit whereas (laughs) Movies are opinion, one million percent opinion, um, and so I—that's why I I tend to listen more to people who say I felt, I think, uh, that type of thing before they talk about movies. So that 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 stuff is like I see more and more people going, "This movie is dog shit. This movie is terribly made. This movie." Is... You can think that all you want. Um, that you, what you are saying though is not fact. So that that that's where I start to push back on people. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that, and I think there's certain. 
that that's why I say like if you enjoyed it, great. Like I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. you like cat jokes, but like it's a hard thing because you're right and it is subjective and I admit that I am guilty of that. But there like if you got a hundred people and said watch Captain Marvel and then watch I don't know name another fucking movie, which has better dialogue? The other movie does. Uh, which has a better plot? The other movie does. And and I think there there's there's subjectivity and yes I get that. Um, but then there's, there's, there's a common just understanding of like what a good movie, how a good movie should be written and how it should be shot. Like there are some of those things that we tend Uh, to usually agree on, right? Like most people agree that the Godfather is a better movie than fucking Stuart Little. Like most people agree with that. And and yeah, yeah, someone can tell you that they like Stuart Little more, but there are certain things that you're like yeah okay this was better or more well thought out or more paid attention to or you know some of these things so yeah i i understand what you're saying and and definitely like more if you like a movie and i don't like it great like i'm glad you had a better experience than i did but on the same token like yeah don't let me change your opinion by telling you i didn't like this movie but also like Mm -hmm. i'm in it i'm when you're on the opposite end and you're inundated with this movie's so great she's perfect and I'm like, no, it wasn't like it, that equally will push yeah. someone away from you. So it's an interesting thing, especially yeah, people, when people who do that, people who say the same, you know, I, I'm not just saying people who are negative, but people right. like when people say this movie is the best, you know, you, you'll love it or whatever. Like that again, that's where I think everyone needs. And that's where I've especially doing this podcast, I've I've made it a point to say I feel I thought as much as possible because one, that's just going to get people to you know, accept it easier, or at least, you know, be more open to it easier. You know, if you, you come into something saying, fuck this, you know, this, this is terrible. People are going to make an opinion right off of that. You know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, their, their words are definitely huge barriers. This is, and I think part of this too, is it, the way I look at these movies is why I never once thought Black Panther should have been a best picture nominee <laughs> because I, I, you know, it meant a lot. You know, the movie meant a lot. I'm glad it made the money it made. But walking out of that movie, I never once thought this is a top 20 movie this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of thing. You know, I I had I enjoyed it. It was one of those movies. Again, I turned my brain off and, you know, I recognize the significance and, and some of the stuff that Ryan Coogler did. And he did a good job. Um, I can recognize going back if I looked at it as a critical, you know, film. I can recognize the, the good things he did. But um it's for me. It was never a best picture, and I didn't think it deserved to be in that eight. The number, you know, the the eight movies that were nominated this year, yeah, or last and year. And I think that that's that's part of why that's part of. I think that has to do a part with what I'm upset about Captain Marvel about because yeah, I love Black Panther, um, but and we talked about this. I don't, I don't know that it should have been like. I was excited that it was nominated, but I was like, I think there are probably right. better fucking movies. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool that it's nominated, but at the same time, I I thought there were. There were 20 other movies I saw last year that deserved to be in that spot more than Black Panther. Right, exactly. So. And so, like, uh, and this is the problem that a lot of people had with Green Book winning is, you know, there were movies that handled race better than Green Book last year, right? So, mm-hmm. so why give it to Green Book? And it, it, it also goes the same for me with Captain Marvel and with Black Panther. Like, it, it, you can equate a lot of these things. And like, there, there's probably five movies this year that have come out that have done feminism better than Captain Marvel. But that, but this is like the big staple that we're holding up, and this becomes a way much longer conversation. But like, it does make me think about that. And obviously, there's biases and there's preference, and I get all of that stuff. Um, so yes, to your point, I should say 
these are all the things that I think about Captain Marvel. But uh, it's just not for me. And increasingly, I find that more and more of these MCU movies are not for me. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, not for me at all. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, not for me. And I don't, I'll still watch all these fucking movies, which I, is also, I think, a problem. Where like, it doesn't matter, critically, if these are any good. We're all just going to keep mm-hmm. going. I'm in it for the long haul. We all are. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why they're allowed to fart this stuff out, in, in my opinion. Fart this stuff out. So MCU's got a good thing going for it. And it's making Buku money. So that's good. Um, just imagine when they put out a good one, <laughs> what kind of movie that's, or what kind of money that's going to do. I don't know. I, it's, it's just, well, it's like we're talking about. Suicide Squad made $500 million. Um, yeah, good So point. it doesn't have to be about being good. So you, you, you've enjoyed Aquaman. I personally thought that Captain Marvel was way better done than Aquaman was. Um, just as a, just as a, as a movie itself. Um, the way, the way it looked, the way it shot. Yeah, the dialogue was cheesy in both, but I thought that there wasn't uh, like with Aquaman. There was there was a few lines throughout that just completely took me out of the movie, mm-hmm. and I never had that with Captain Marvel. Like it, for me, it fit the the dialogue in Captain Marvel was consistent. Maybe not consistently great, but consistent. Whereas Aquaman, it was like serious, serious, stupid ass joke that came out of nowhere. <laughs> serious, serious, stupid ass joke that came out of nowhere. So like. I don't know I, that for me, I thought just Captain Marvel technically was a better movie uh, just made, you know, and, and part of that's because it's within the, the Disney, you know, umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, It'd be, it's an interesting, it's know. an interesting thought to think about. I've been thinking about Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Uh, I think Black Panther's far better, but again, super biased. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I agree. I, I agree with you on that too. I think Black, Black Panther is a, a better movie. Yeah. Um, and then, but, Aqua, but Aquaman and Captain Marvel is an interesting one to think about because I did enjoy Aquaman more. I don't know what maybe it, your expectation your expectations probably were zero expectations have Aquaman. a lot to do with it it, it really does have a lot yeah. to do with it and a, a, another thing and this is a smaller thing but like i think that what a lot of these marvel movies can do is be crappy or be mediocre and then make up for it with the combat but like you said you like the combat i thought the com the combat mm-hmm. in this was awful i really didn't like it i think it's not compelling i think it's hard to see um and it was not interesting to me i never it's like watching superman fight i never was afraid for her um, and so they didn't, they weren't able to win back points with me with big shiny action. And I think that might be why I never came back up to a level where I was like, yeah, this was fun. I don't know. It, uh, I left, I left going and this is the thing, like, it's like we talked about, I left going, that was exactly fine. And, but then you just get, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. And it pushes you in the opposite direction. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so I went from being whatever. To like, I actively don't like this fucking movie now, and I'm aware of that, and I'm not proud of it. I think my critiques are valid, but um, I I don't. If I really sit down and think about it, I don't hate this movie, but I don't like it. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. somewhere in the fucking middle for me. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever sit down and look at a superhero movie and like like dissect it, mm-hmm. kind of like you do. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever do that. Um, and again, I think it just comes down to growing up on all of the the cartoon superhero stuff. And when I sit down and, and you know, in my theater chair, I'm transported into that, you know, six year old, seven year old Seth again. And, and, you know, I just I that's how I look at him. You know, I, I don't I, I don't look at them as a piece of film. I look at them as 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 a story that I'm being told by, you know, like like I did when I was a kid. I've never really walked out of a superhero movie angry <laughs> at all. You know, <laughs> I walked out being like, like 
it's it's basically I look at it like it was a you know a, an episode of you know the Spider-Man animated series that I was like hey yeah you know like it, it it wasted a half hour but instead it was it wasted an hour and a half to two hours or two and a half hours whatever. Yeah. Um, I can do that. You know I, I I can do that with Spider-Man. I can do it with Star Wars like stuff that I enjoyed as a kid. But like especially with Captain Marvel and with Ant Man too, I don't have any mm-hmm. reason. Like they haven't earned that from me yet. Like why would I just sure. go in and give myself to Captain Marvel? I don't know Captain Marvel. You have to sell me Captain Marvel. And so I think that's where we're different yeah. is, is that you're more able to do it for these where I'm just, I went in and was like, I don't fucking know anything about Captain Marvel. Tell me why I should like Captain Marvel. And you go in from a mm-hmm. position of, I like Captain Marvel. Let's go. So it, it is a difference. And, and I set myself up for this every fucking time. So it, it's a lot of my own fault, but. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like, you know, like Captain Marvel going into it, but I'm open to it. Cause I mean, especially look at a, a show like fucking X-Men growing up, you know, there was new characters in that every single week. You know, I'm open to the idea I, I, I just I'm just open to the idea of, of believing the superhero world and anything that comes at me I can believe it I guess mm. I don't know yeah it's superhero movies are so interesting because we can get ones that are that are great movies in general the spider-verse is a perfect fucking example of this yeah we had a totally dumb like that's a dumb movie like it's totally silly and everything but it's mm-hmm. also well written it's well animated the action is compelling mm-hmm. it's well shot that's a good movie regardless of the fact that it's a superhero movie. I think if you put the same critical goggles on and then look at Captain Marvel, and again, it's the idea of putting on critical goggles is the problem, right? But um, if we do that with Captain Marvel, that's what I do, and I don't see anything. I don't see a good movie here. Um, so that's, that's, that's where most of my opinion comes from, is, is I'm maybe seeing through the shiny, cool parts of it in a way that most people don't. And again, I'm not proud of that. I wish I would have just had a awesome time and left and been laughing and along. I want to be in on it with everybody else. I'm just totally not. Yeah. And to be clear, I didn't laugh at the, the cat stuff was dumb. I didn't oh, enjoy fuck that. The cat stuff. But... I'm so glad you agree about that. <laughs> fuck that cat. Um, can we do a little bit of spoilers? Sure. Okay. That, Cause I have a couple of things that a couple of things that like actually do upset me or are in spoilers. So, uh, check out the description box for timestamps. We're going to talk just for a little bit on spoilers and then we'll come back. So check out in the description box where you need to jump to. Okay. So the, uh, the thing that I alluded to earlier that I liked the twist in this was making the scroll be the good guys in this. Um, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that was one of the things in this that I was like, Oh, that's a really interesting and cool choice. Let's, let's go with this. So I thought that was cool. What it means for the wider MCU is interesting to me. Because if we know that the Skrull are good guys, like, mm-hmm. aren't historically, aren't they bad guys? We're supposed to be worried about them co-opting people's people's looks and pretending to be people? Not always. Not always. Um, it's kind of one of those, you know, some are good, some are bad things. Okay. So maybe we still get, because I know it's a big, uh, there's a lot of theories and stuff about who might be Skrulls and stuff. So maybe yeah. we still get that. Maybe that doesn't totally preclude us from getting that stuff. So that's, that's good. Um, I like the Skrull stuff. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Mendelssohn, his turn yep. is, is good. You, you mentioned him. Um, the fucking Nick Fury eye thing with the cat is the dumbest, the, the number one <laughs> dumbest thing I've seen in the MCU, hands down. Nothing from any of the movies is that fucking stupid. Like we, and this is part of why, this is part of why I dislike, it's part of what upsets me about this movie is because they set out to answer all these questions about the MCU and they, I hated all the answers. And you know, again, I don't get to write it, I know. But, like, the the big, the main badass guy that we're supposed to all respect, the reason he doesn't have his eyes is because a cat scratched him. Ooh. The way the Avengers came up with their name, I thought was totally dumb. 
uh, oh, it's her fucking call sign. And he just looked at it and said, that's, that's it. Like, ooh, I thought that was really hacky. A lot of that, a lot of this stuff is what I thought was really hacky. The cat turning into a giant fucking monster I thought was dumb. And then the, the main thing that, it, that confuses me and upsets me a little bit is the Tesseract. They felt the need to tie it back to the Tesseract, which I understand because you want her to be involved with the Infinity Gems, but that's not her origin story. That's a totally new thing, her coming from the Tesseract. So here's what confuses me about that. Why does the Tesseract give her fucking photon beam powers? That isn't, it's the space gem. Why, did, why would it do that? Why can, in this movie, the Tesseract gets picked up by like three people and then eaten by a cat and it doesn't do anything? Like, in the past, we saw it vaporize fucking Red Skull and shoot him off to another planet, and then it burned down through the bottom of a spaceship, mm-hmm. but then they put it in a lunchbox in this one, and Fury carries it. And so that was just weird. It was just a weird inconsistency with the Tesseract. And then also, if she is powered by the Tesseract, why is she more powerful than any of the here? Like, we've been being told that she's the most powerful that we've seen, but she's powered by the Tesseract. And there are two people, three people already who have been powered by another one of the infinity gems and two of them are dead. So it just, I, I don't get the, the balance. And this is always an MCU problem is who's more powerful than who. Like they just told me Captain Marvel is powerful, but I don't know why that. And that doesn't seem to track for me. It doesn't make sense. I get if she can fucking teleport space gem, of course, but her other powers don't make any sense to me at all. If she's powered by the Tesseract, if she's just a badass Kree, then that makes sense. But the Tesseract of it all kind of throws me off. And then there's the whole timeline thing where, the shield had the tesseract and what they just gave it to Annette Benning. Yeah. That one I read, they gave it to her to, cause she was researching power with it. Okay. I think that cause that's cause the power. So they, cause I think she used the tesseract to power that. To power the light, the light speed engine. That was what she was doing. Also, sorry, yeah, I know and, you're going to have, a and that's, why that, do they need a light speed engine? They already have warp speed. They're warping around the universe and she's trying to build a light speed engine that apparently doesn't exist yet. That didn't, I like, and that's the point of the movie, and that didn't seem to track. Sorry, that's a that's not what you were gonna say. What were you gonna talk about? No, it's not the the because that's that's what exploded was the cell, and that's what went into her body. That's what made her strong. So I guess by proxy, the the tesseract gave her powers, but technically it was the thing that exploded. Right, and if it's if it's not the tesseract, then it makes even less sense that she's more powerful than anybody else. Because the Tesseract should be more powerful than whatever they built from it, right? It just Well, she just used that as a power source for this cell. So I guess, and, and they didn't go into it, but I, I guess my, my thought logic would be that this, you know, other, this person from another planet created this, you know, new technology that, you know, has never been seen on Earth. And that's what went into her body and it reacted and made her strong. So I don't know that that's my, that's my thought. It wasn't directly the Tesseract that did it. So it wouldn't really, you know, there's other things involved with that energy cell that did it. So I don't know. That's just my, that's my thought process. Cause I didn't even think about the Tesseract to be honest, but that was just the power source, not necessarily the catalyst. Yeah, I guess I get like, if that's the explanation, I, it's not satisfying to me, but I go, okay, fine. Um, mm-hmm. The... Yeah, I don't get the... I was thinking that, too, with the touching. Because, I, yeah, I remembered it. But it also was being... I think it was being manipulated in Captain America, which is why it was freaking out. They were using it as a portal, so maybe that's why it was melting through stuff at that point. Because I think, like, even Red Skull is touching it in that movie prior to it 
melting and all that stuff. Well, yeah, he, he touches so it, think, and then they put it in a special briefcase. They have, like, a special science looking briefcase that they put right. in to contain But I think it. if may, maybe if it's not being manipulated, because it, it, when it's doing the crazy stuff is when it's being manipulated. Same thing with the beginning of Avengers. When they're, they're fucking with it, that's when it's going nuts, and they have it in that special unit. Uh, and then I think when... So if it's laying there when, on its own, it's, not doing anything, it's not a problem. Yeah, you can touch it. I think that's probably the logic for that. Um, that I can you know, get, and that's swan. the that's the first actual, like, ex- I'm willing to accept that explanation. So I actually thank you for that, because that was bothering me. <laughs> yeah, and that that's my, that, and I don't know that for certain. That's just my thought behind it, is because, you know, norm, you know when, when it's being, from what I've seen watching these movies, is when it's being manipulated and fucked with, that's when it's, you know, powerful mm-hmm. and and not being able to touch, but we've seen other people touch it. Like I think Loki even touches it in, in Avengers too. So I think, you know, we've seen other people touch it before, not just like we, you know, not just on, unpo- you know, unpowered people type of thing. So I don't know that that's just my, yeah, no, that, that untrained. Yeah. That seems eye. to track. That, that, that does seem to track again, this goddamn cat. Like as soon as the cat ate the thing, I was like, I a hundred percent know what the end of the credit scene is going to be. And I'm going to sit here for 20 mm-hmm. minutes to watch a cat puke. And I did. And it doesn't, it seem like they just are flipping us off at this point when they, when they do these last scenes, like they know we're sitting there and they know that what they're showing us is fucking stupid. So like, why doesn't well, it think, seem like they're just laughing at us? I think that's why they, I think they, they put it at the end end because they've, I think they've always done that. Like the mid credits has always been something worthwhile and then either they didn't have anything at the end end or the end end is like a dumb little thing i think that's how it's always been so you know if if you feel the need to stay to the end then i could think you kind of know what you're getting um for me anyway that's what i thought is you know yeah i'm probably not saying for anything substantial like ants drumming but because yeah they didn't put anything at the end of infinity war so i think one maybe you know look up you know what? You know the the if there's any end credits to begin with. Two, it's it's you know if you're if you're willing to sit through it for some dumb little extra footage, then fine. If not, then leave. <laughs> that, that's how I kind of look at yeah, it. Yeah, but so this this comes back to, and this is the wider MCU thing. Like they know we're gonna stay, right? Just like they know we're gonna yeah. come to this movie. And and I'm I'm a I'm part of the problem because I'm always gonna go to this movie these movies, and I'm always gonna stay. So I'm bitching. But I'm part of the problem, and it's 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 frustrating because I know they have me by the and I'm it's it's very rare in my life that I'm a, acutely aware of the fact that someone has me by the balls, and I don't, and it's frustrating, and I just let them continue to have me by the balls, and it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. MCU has is totally operating on a whole other system than everything else. Mm-hmm. It's super it's really interesting to think about, and I think in in decades when we look back at film history, it's going to be a really interesting thing to study this. Let's welcome back uh the folks that didn't want spoilers um you are spoiler free now we're, we're spoiler free a lot of a lot of mcu talk to come so we've spent a lot of time on this is a long podcast um yeah so let's get off of captain marvel and get to the end of the show but before we finish up let's give them one more thing but i'm down to one more, one more thing okay one more thing i was racked with with grief this past week because a show that i love was canceled I don't think it should have been canceled. It's crashing on HBO. The Pete Holmes show. Mm. It's like semi-biographical, but not really at all. And it was canceled after three seasons. The season finale just happened this past Sunday. And this is this is one of my favorite shows that I've watched in a long, long time. It's very real. It's very raw. 
Um, it deals with the world of stand-up, which is super interesting to me, especially because I, I love doing stand-up. So, like, it's uh, it's a show that I very highly would recommend. They, I don't think they expected to get canceled, but even so, I think the show ends in a way that is okay. Uh, it's logical. I would love to see where they want where they would go next, but it, it ends at a spot where you're like, okay, fine. Watch watch Crash if you have access to HBO, and I think you would, Seth. I think you would really dig Crashing. Um, Mm-hmm. It's very different from Miss Maisel, but it's still in the world of comedy. But it's good. It, it's very, it's very. I, I enjoy it a lot. And it's on HBO. If you have HBO, watch Crashing. Uh, it, it's bullshit that I got canceled, but it's a great tight three seasons, twenty minutes, uh, like ten episodes each season. Uh, watch it. Very, very well done. Super well done. Buy one more thing is something you can catch on Netflix. I don't know if it's a Netflix original or not, but it just came out towards the end of last year. Uh, it's like an hour-long documentary uh, called The Bill Murray Stories. Bill Murray Stories. And some of you, some people might have heard this uh, about Bill Murray, but Bill Murray likes to just, like, show up at places. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure most people have seen that picture of him uh, walking through, like, a there's, like, a walk lane uh, during someone's... Um, engagement photos have you seen that before yeah that show was funny um stuff like that um he has like all these insane stories and this documentary is about all these stories and they interview people who have been involved with these stories where bill murray just shows up and hangs out like a normal dude because there's like a story where he showed up at a party and like did the dishes at the party and like hung out and drank with them Uh, he showed up at like this dinner party and like got uh, the, he, he was like the DJ, like he just put on music and got people up and dancing and just like people he barely knows or didn't know at all. Like for that one, he just seems like the coolest dude in the world. And it, it's awesome that he is because there's not a ton of people like that, you know, and he goes out of his way to make people have good moments, you know? So that's cool. I, I would recommend checking it out. If you're any sort of fan of him at all, check that out. Um, if you're not, and you just want to know more about him and, and really just have a nice heartwarming story um about or all these stories check it out it's it's really cool it's complete opposite of the mj documentary (laughs) there you go (laughs) 50 50 on the documentaries uh this week bill murray and pete holmes is crashing this week in one more thing but i'm down to one more more thing that will bring us to the end of an action-packed episode 85 uh we talked about a lot of stuff today this this is a twisty a twisty show it was fun Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Check out the description box for all of our contact info. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. And uh, hit us up on the tweets. Uh, Be part of the conversation. Let us know what you want to hear about on the show next week and what you thought about what we talked about this week. Uh, Am I a total asshole about Captain Marvel? Should I like it more? Uh, Tell me what you think. Um, And what were your thoughts on the MJ documentary? Actually, really interested to hear uh, what more people think about all that. Um, But uh, for now... We have to say goodbye. Uh, This has been episode 85. For Seth Ott, I have been Sir Fisty McRopes III. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Bye.